Yeah. Let's take them back. Uh-huh. Coming up, I was confused. My mommy kissing the girl. Confusion occurs coming up in the cold world. Daddy ain't around, probably out committing felonies. My favorite rapper used to sing, check, check out my melody. I wanna live good, so shit, I sell dope for a full finger ring. One of them gold ropes. Nana told me if I pass, I get a sheepskin coat. If I can move a few packs, I get the hat. Now that'd be dope, tossed and turned in my sleep that night. Woke up the next morning, niggas will stole my bike. Different day, same shit, ain't nothing good. In the hood, I run away from this bitch and never come back if I could. Needed to love it, the underdogs on top. And I'm gon' shine, homie, until my heart stops. Go ahead, envy me. I'm Raps MVP. And I ain't going nowhere, so you can get to know me. Needed to love it, the underdogs on top. And I'm gon' shine, homie, until my heart stops. Go ahead, envy me. I'm Raps MVP. And I ain't going nowhere, so you can get to know me. Ladies and gents, we are here today for episode 50, baby. <laughs> oh, baby. The Half Centurion. That's, it's actually crazy to think about. Oh, it's wild. I can't believe I've sat in this spot 50 times. 50 different times. I've found a grinder song. Like, <laughs> what is going on? 50 times. Man, you know, it's crazy to think. Happy that we made it this far. Who yeah, knows? exactly. Who knows how far it uh, it ends up going. But, but it's here right now. Exactly. <laughs> Look at us. What's, what's that quote? Uh, don't be mad because of the... Because it's a happen... Be ha- or, fuck, what is it? <laughs> Something like, don't be pissed off that it... Or, <laughs> Free. Don't be mad it ended. Be happy because it, it happened. happened. Yes. Oh, how do you know? Dude, you let me flail in the wind. <laughs> you knew it. I knew it. <laughs> do you have it as uh, some type of decor around yeah, the house? It's, yeah, it's hanging in cursive <laughs> yeah. up on the top of my house. Oh, man. Episode 55-0. Of course, we intro with 50. And G-Unit. Yeah. And the game. A.K.A. Ferrari. We may or may not have used that song once in the past. Yeah. We're unsure of it. Not sure, but you know what? It's it's our own fault for wasting 50 before 50. Yeah. You know? so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody's lucky to have it back again. Um, yeah, and of course, like, we celebrate our, our 50, but, you know, and we celebrate with our, with our, you know, Teddy's here in spirit, boss mm. is learning on the job. Honcho, Bathwater, of course we're all together, but uh, there, which, there's no way we're going to celebrate episode 50 without our boy, Soy. Oh, maybe not. Maybe today, maybe not. Oh, fuck's <laughs> sake. This is off to a hot... You can tell that I've been doing it for 50 fucking times. Jesus Christ. I don't know what's happening. Oh, there we go. Well, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59. Anyways. Well, our boy. Thanks for showing up, Soy. Oh, man. Yeah, 50 episodes. It's pretty crazy to think about. Um, I, I'm very surprised. I mean, there's a lot of downloads. How many people actually listen is. <laughs> probably a yeah. little bit less but you or know what? make it through the full app you know i don't even make it through the full app no 
don't even listen to the Eps anymore. <laughs> no point. We lived it. We lived it. Spent well, all week planning it, right? Yeah, all week. All week, yeah. all week. Well, episode 50 of the BFB, there were a few options to go with uh, for this one, uh, but we went, uh, decided to go with Ryan Shazier. Uh, episode Ryan Shazier of the BFB, former linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He played his college football at Ohio State. He's taken in the uh, first round of the 14 draft. Uh, and he had a pretty successful first few seasons in the league, including a Pro Bowl appearance in 2016. Uh, but unfortunately, in a game against the Bengals in 2017, uh, he made a headfirst tackle and ended up having to have spinal stabilization surgery and uh, had to relearn how to walk. Yeah, um, crazy. So after spending two seasons on the Steelers' physically unable to perform list, uh, Shazier announced his retirement from football uh, last year in 2020. So give a little bit of props to the uh, to to the uh, linebacker in Pitt. Uh, he seems like an amazing guy. Yeah, it seems like a decent you guy. Know? And uh, obviously has a lot of adversity that he's gone through, so give him a shout-out here. Uh, we also could have gone with uh, a bunch of other linebackers. Uh, A.J. Hawk. Uh, played most of his career for the Green Bay Packers. Finished it off in Cincinnati and Atlanta. Mike Vrabel, current coach of the Tennessee Titans, was a linebacker for the New England Patriots for years. Uh, and a sneaky red zone weapon for uh, Tom Brady. Uh, linebacker Manti Teo. <laughs> drafted to the San Diego Chargers. Uh, and then when he moved to New Orleans, he changed to number 51. And his uh, imaginary girlfriend, Linnea, or whatever her <laughs> name was. <laughs> catfish uh kj wright linebacker uh played most of his career for the seattle seahawks he's now wearing number 34 in his very first year uh with the las vegas raiders and probably the most famous number 50 of all as mike singletary whose nickname is samurai for Mm. some reason um he was a linebacker for the chicago bears 10 straight pro bowls seven time he was named first team all pro Hall of Famer, um, and he was also for three seasons the head coach of the uh, San Francisco 49ers, uh, which is where we got this lovely soundbite and what he unfortunately is probably most famously known for. He had an amazing career, but most people refer to this press conference when they think of Mike Singletary. And just uh, it was something that I told everybody at the very beginning of the week. I will not tolerate um, players that think it's about them when it's about the team and um, we cannot make we cannot make decisions that cost the team and then come off the sideline and it's nonchalant no you know what I, I this is how I believe okay I'm from the old school I believe this I would rather play with 10 people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else Rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Can't do it. Can't do it. Oh, shit. Uh, Yeah. So that was uh, Mike Singletary. Moving along, uh, let's talk about the... The sponsor, who's who's putting us out for this uh, milestone epi? Well, Ep Fifty is is sponsored by uh, Podbean and Apple Podcasts themselves because 
if they actually knew what we were doing here, they'd, they'd have no clue. No way that we would still be on the air. <laughs> no way. No. Um, so props to them for keeping us on. Props to them and props to us for not checking the box that says uh, <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm using illegal uh, material or copyrighted information. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oops, forgot to click that one. <laughs> That helps. Uh, yeah, so thank you, Podbean, for letting us pay you. And <laughs> for Apple Podcasts for not cracking down on us. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Gord, I, I have to say, uh, there was another sponsor that came through last minute. Oh, nice. Um, and they actually uh, left us with something. So oh. if, 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 it, if I may, I, I'm just going to run off and go get it. Okay. Okay. Don't know where Marty's going, but... Up the stairs, apparently. Big game for the Oilers here tonight. 3-1. Cassian just potted from a nice feed from uh, Dry Seidel. Oh, nice. This week's sponsor, Ace Discount Liquor. (laughs) They came through with a bottle, a two-liter bottle of Fanta for the boys. Oh, nice. And a sparkling bottle of baby Canadian sparkling. (laughs) Oh, baby. We are going to have some Northside mimosas tonight. Mm -hmm. We'd be celebrating. Nice. That's awesome. That is a good drink, though. Yeah, you know what? Only way to drink it is out of a coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a Northside north Mimosa right there. Yeah. It takes a big heart to teach little minds. Today, Junior. Oh, man. Dude, that entire fucking cupboard over there is full of teacher mugs. It looks like... I teach. What's your superpower? Oh man! Don't be mad. It's over. Be happy because it happened. (laughs) Don't be fucking pissed that it happened, right? (laughs) Let me fucking flounder out there. So yeah, so Ace Discount Liquor. Thanks for pulling through. Nice. Uh, Yeah, thought it was uh, high time. It had been a while. Actually, the last time we had done this was uh, when. Old Kickstand Stew was on. Yeah. And he bought ba- uh, Rosé. Yeah, Sparkling Rosé. Yeah, that's right. Well, should we uh, jump into the Q&A while we pop some bottles Woo-hoo! here? Well, it's celebratory time. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, you know what? We'll hit... We'll get a quick one here from the, the CEO of Gallagher Travel. We'll sure. hit that one fast. Um, it's a good question. Fantasy football has always been a game of skill and luck. You need a bit of both to win a championship. What would you say is most important if you could pick one to have a championship season? And he lists a few things. One, having the best draft in the league. Two, having zero injuries. Three, dominating waiver wire all year. Four, having better matchups or slash lowest points against. Hmm. That's a hell of a question. We're just doing full full mugs, eh? Yeah, oh yeah. We'll yeah, for sure. Well. Might as well not saving it. Um, my my first instinct was to go with um, avoiding injury, but you know what? I'm gonna change it. It's, it's your draft. If you yeah. put the work in early, you can overcome injuries because of the depth that you pick up. Drafts are won in the middle to late rounds. I the, think so the too. The front rounds, like you know, 
you can argue about position and where that's where what you value more running back quarterback you know receiver you can argue about all that stuff but rarely are you going to miss unless it's like a you know an occasion like what's going on with Calvin Ridley this year or you know a, a guy getting hurt super early on um I feel like you can't really fuck those ones up right yeah. it's pretty consensus in in that in that regard uh but if you go middle round and you're you haven't done any prep and you walk into it and you take um who knows like a Mike Davis right and you think oh yeah. he's the lead back there but you actually don't look at like oh he's been a career backup like you know he had one good year in Carolina not even a full year you know those kind of things you know that can really fuck you over totally you know and I'm not saying there's an exact science like this is coming from a guy that drafted Cooper Cup in the 40 I got lucky like he yeah. was one he was on a list of receivers like he wasn't a guy I was targeting going into that right so yeah I just uh, I think depth is the biggest thing because over over the season you can overcome that shit um I look at like my 40 team this year like I I can't tell you how many times I've been bailed out having that uh the Denver running back duo Mm-hmm. to be there to fit to fill in for a flex uh issue or an injury or a bye week so yeah i would say depth mm-hmm. depth in the draft i think draft <clears throat> too i thought injuries at first as well but you know you look at last year andrew who won didn't have any injuries yeah he ripped no injuries no injuries to his starting lineup so i i think it's not so cut and dry it's one or the other i think it's a combination of you know you draft well and you don't have many injuries. Like in the triple F, I feel like I drafted well and I haven't had any injuries and I'm in first, right? You know, like, so part of that is luck and part of it is, is, you know, also luck (laughs) in my, in my case. But, uh, but yeah, I think having the lowest points against doesn't always mean you're going to be in better spots because, you could have a bad week, they can have a bad week, and you, know, you could still lose, right? But, uh, I mean, points four, you'd think would be a good tell to how well you're doing, but oftentimes it's not. Yeah. You know, so I think I think draft is probably the number one. You know, if you draft, sure. if you draft well and you get lucky in the draft, you know, then you should do well. Yeah, big time. Yeah. So, That's yeah. where I put my uh, faith to. Nice one in from the CEO of Gallagher Travel. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, no doubt. Took a break from making all those itineraries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Getting people on their Sunwing vacations. Okay, well, uh, I have to say the boys in, on the BFB are spoiled tonight because this one, this next question comes in uh, and it had a present attached to it uh, that was dropped off earlier this evening. Um, it came with a card, so... <laughs> As is customary, you always open your card before you look at your present. So this one came in, and on the front, just addressed to boys. We open it up, and it says, Happy 50th episode. And uh, some modifications were made, and it reads as as follows. May you always be well prepared for the unforgettable Q&A questions. Embrace the beautiful soy clips you've played and treasure all the episodes that have filled our airwaves and congratulations on 50 episodes of the beverly fantasy bulletin marty and huncho keep up all the amazing work that we all get to enjoy each week it is appreciated and makes many people laugh p.s 
Can you even believe they made cards for such a specific celebration? Quite amazing. <laughs> so that one comes in. This card actually comes in from Platinum Blonde. Oh, nice. And uh, she, she has a little gift. So I'm getting my steps in today. Let me just go grab it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Leaving me solo on the pod a couple times. I knew that that card was going to be from Platinum, Platinum Blonde because guys do not get cards. I'm not a card guy. You know, I've... I, Every time I go to a wedding, Megan's always like, oh, did you bring a card? No, I did not bring a card. Why do I bring a card? Why do you bring a card? Oh, what? We got an ice cream cake? (laughs) What? From Dairy Queen? I don't know if it's an ice cream cake. I think she's just a Safeway cake. Oh, okay. It's a cake. It's got 5-0 on the top. BFB 50 episodes. In our colors. Blue and brown, baby. (laughs) That is detailed. (laughs) Nothing like brown icing. That's awesome. <laughs> so thoughtful. Man, so yeah, thoughtful. that is crazy thoughtful. I mean, I don't think we're going to have a slice right now. No, definitely not. Drinking tonight, not <laughs> yeah. eating tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be nice. Maybe pack a little slice in your lunch tomorrow, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? Eat that's, it at the staff room table. That's, uh, that's, that's very nice. Thank you, Platinum Blonde. I yeah, really appreciate sure. it. Yeah. Well, she has a question that goes along with it. And she starts off by saying, hi, boys. People celebrate all kinds of overrated things, like birthdays, Christmas, weddings, and childbirth. You two are celebrating a major yet not common accomplishment tonight. 50 episodes of the BFB. In terms of time, Marty, you must have spent at least a thousand hours prep and planning on this pod. And Huncho has probably spent upwards of five to seven business days. (laughs) Thinking about major football celebrations, I can only think of one. The Super Bowl. Are there any underrated football awards or trophies that you think are highly underrated and deserve more attention and or cake? What uh, what about underrated players? Can you think of any players that don't receive recognition and celebration for their hard work? Who would you nominate for most deserving of cake and why? Platinum Blonde. Hmm, great question. Very good. Yeah. Who do I think is the most underrated player? Underrated player or underrated uh, award or celebration? Um, I think the salsa by Victor Cruz was an underrated Sully. <laughs> <laughs> um, by player who I think is underrated, who doesn't get enough love. <sighs> That's a tough one. I would honestly not focus on player. I would probably look at position mm. because there's certain positions in the National Football League that you don't even talk about unless they screw up. Exactly. Tackles. Ta- any offensive lineman. Yeah. Right? Long snapper. Yeah. <laughs> no one notices that fucking guy no. until he shoots it over the fucking punter's head. <laughs> yeah. Punters. Yeah, punters. <laughs> you know? yeah. Until they muff one, nobody really cares. Um, and, and punters, they have two jobs. They have punt and they have to hold it. Yeah, exactly. Right? So they've got two jobs, right? So I would say almost more versatile than the traditional kicker himself. <laughs> true. It's true. <laughs> Although the uh, Pittsburgh punter, the dude that looks like Cardale Jones, 260, pushing. He's huge. Pushing 300, cannot yeah. kick a place kick. He can only punt. Yeah, that's true. So, you know. But yeah, I would say any of those like uh, positions. Yeah, the special teams positions like like a gunner. Oh, big time. You know what I mean? Even a return man, Mm -hmm. right? If you have a good return man who can chew 15 yards on a return, you know, and and get you ahead even 8 yards, you know. Well, it depends. Punt return or kick kick return. Yeah. Um, 
But if you can get out to the 30-yard line, you know, with a return guy, oh, yeah. that's good, man. Get a great starting field position. Better baby. than 25. It's true. It's true. I'm surprised you didn't touch on the uh, fullback. You know what? Underrated as well. Because, I mean, teams that have good fullbacks have great run games. Mm. San Francisco. And Jake <laughs> is on the field for every running back. His name's Kyle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's not like the fullback takes takes series off. True. He's out there, right? Whether yeah. it's fucking Trey Sermon or fucking Elijah Mitchell or, yeah, you know. It's nice when those kind of fullbacks get a little bit of glory with a pass or a, mm-hmm. a touchdown run or, like, a goal line feed or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, most of the time those guys are just getting pounded. Yeah. And just going <laughs> yeah. against big linebackers or defensive linemen that are usually bigger than them. Um, so, yeah, I would uh, – yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, that one's tough. I would probably go more position than anything else. I mean, I feel there's always like those guys on the team that you follow that you think are underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming to mind, like thinking about the receivers for the Browns, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is quite underrated for what he does and how he's produced. Um, you know, and I'm sure there's like defensively too, that rookie that we got, uh, JOK, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, is... Uh, <laughs> he's a stud and i think he's gonna be a, a, a gem in the league so you know you find those underrated players and i'm sure like you know you've got your giants guys that you you've got i don't for. really know who's underrated i think they're all rated quite well and bad <laughs> is the answer like Shepard, you know never really been the guy <clears throat> darius slayton oh he's the deep threat well how many catches has he fucking caught this year true you know like even kenny Do- what about like a vet like uh Kyle Rudolph, the touchdown, the touchdown reindeer. Has he even caught a touchdown this year? I think he's caught one. Right, but what about his veteran leadership he brings to that <laughs> tight end room? Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, so, okay, we can move along from this. Uh, the only other Thanks, thing... Thanks, Platinum. Yeah, for sure. Well, she did touch on any other football celebrations or awards. And I would just say that an award that I kind of sticks out to me is the comeback player. Because it's such a neat award. It could go to a guy that's coming off a major injury like Alex Smith last year. Yeah. Or just a guy that's revived his career. Like, I think the year before was Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can get a wide variety of dudes. And it's just nice. To, it's a good... It's like a feel-good. Yeah. You know? It those, is a feel-good. It's like, the, it's like the most improved player in the NBA. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Those ones, like Six Man, right? Yeah. Are, six Man are, is good. Six yeah, Man of the Year award sure. is good. Six men like Lou Will. <laughs> <laughs> I did look up the uh, a few of the past winners of the Comeback Player of the Year. And there's some feel-goods in here. 1998, Doug Flutie. Oh. Coming out of the CFL, back yeah. into the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. That's a good one. Um, you know, Willis McGahee for the Buffalo Bills, 2004, coming off a major knee injury. Uh, Randy Moss, the year he played for the New England Patriots, 07, one comeback player of the year. Tom Brady actually won it in 2009. Really? Uh, yeah. Michael Vick, the next year, 2010, for the Eagles. After you got out of jail. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Michael Vick jersey. Do you? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Do your dogs know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, they don't. Mila would be pissed. I've never worn it. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Well, you've got a Josh Gordon. So why would you ever look at the Vic, right? It's true. And I have a Johnny Menzel now. 
Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's shoot. Well, that's later on in the episode. <laughs> we have a guest on. We I meant to offer which jersey the guest oh, would like. Oh, right. You know, well, we'll chat with him later. Yeah. Uh, and then another one, Eric Berry, uh, won it for the Chiefs after coming off of the season uh, where he took the year off uh, because he had cancer. So lots of uh, neat stories, I feel, are attached to the Comeback Player of the Year and, you know, surmounting adversity. So that, that one kind of sticks out other than the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I mean, there's lots of weird awards, you know, and, and even bowl games are kind of strange, mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Like. Yeah. They've you know, cleaned the that up a little bit. Yeah, but there's still lots of them, man. Yeah. And what do they even... They're for nothing. Like the... What's the... Outback Steakhouse, like, Bloomin' Onion Bowl? Yeah, like, there's <laughs> lots, man. There's just, like, a corporate grab, Yeah, right? Cheez-It Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Cheez-Its are good. Yeah, not bad. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving along. Uh, next question comes in. I, I love this question. This one comes in from Show Life Shane. And he said, Which penalties should the NFL loosen up more? Taunting or roughing the passer, both have infuriated me this season. I think, I think roughing the passer myself. Agreed. Like, Agreed. You're out on the football field, man. You're gonna get fucking hit. I don't mind the hit. Like, I don't mind the ideas behind it, where it's like, okay, don't land full body weight on the quarterback. No head contact. Like, I'm down with all that stuff. But it's the cheeky bullshit when they when they push the quarterback with two and hands he falls, yeah. and he falls over and you know he's not hurt and you know it's nothing he's not trying to hurt him. Um, there's no intent behind it, but yet it's a 15 yard I call know. and then they get a brand new set of downs. That one, like I feel like taunting, you can you can coach that out. Yeah, totally. That'll take time. Guys just need to get used to not doing not celebrating their own success yeah which is bullshit anyways i think they're both horseshit but roughing the passer it's so hard for a defensive player to know what is allowed what's not allowed totally and it changes from ref crew to ref crew because you got to get hands on him exactly and if he falls down he falls down exactly and or if you or if you let him go like some of these some of these quarterbacks are shifty as fuck mm-hmm. they're they're just gonna give you a little juke and they're gonna be gone and you know you're holding up because you know, you don't yeah. want to take a 15-yarder for your team. So, yeah, ta- uh, roughing the passer, for sure. For sure. Do you got anything? Um, well, we got a, we had a few coming in. Yeah, we um, had a, Postman Pat postman broke Pat. his back with his big old sack. <laughs> <laughs> this one comes in from, uh, from Dublin. This is from Feldy. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, question for the boys, now that you've reached the half century mark, what has been your best and worst moment over the 50 episodes? Um, hmm. worst moment, <laughs> probably the three hour Christmas epi. Yeah. Those ones are tough. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Yeah. I didn't think about that. Hindsight inserting four full length Christmas <laughs> songs into an episode was not a good idea. Yeah. Um, so that one I look back on with, uh, you know, uh, a little cringe, uh, earlier this season, our first episode was really tough. Mm -hmm. Um, I look back on that one, not with fond memories or the segment when Gord told me the two teams involved in who got hebe (laughs) and (laughs) And you still got it wrong. And I got everyone wrong because I, I picked teams that were not those two teams every time. So that wasn't very proud. Uh, another one was, 
Yeah, early on when we were doing a feel good and I was some story about <laughs> <laughs> that that kid with that was blind in one eye yeah. and I lost it. I felt like such a piece of shit. Oh man. Yeah, that one was bad. That one was real bad. Um fond memories? Lots for sure. Oh yeah. This pod, I mean, it was neat. Like it was basically born at the at the bar at BP's. Yeah. Because <laughs> Gordon and I were going two, three times a week <laughs> for a couple. And the whole time we would talk football, talk fantasy, talk real football. And jokingly, we were like, well, maybe we should record ourselves talking about this. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. People Qual- want to hear content. this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still don't think people do want to hear no. it, but it's not bad. And it, it it developed into the pod that it is. I mean, it's obviously a lot longer than we always, always yeah. wanted it to be. But, uh, no, it's good, man. I mean, I, I think my best moments... Um, best moments, I don't know. I mean, it's all, you know, I, I, it's not... It, all the nights are pretty similar. <laughs> you know, like... Um, but it's always a good time, and I just like getting down here and having a few with the boys, and it's a good way to connect, you know what I mean? Like, if people actually do want to listen, they can, you know, listen in, and guys that we don't get to see lots, so yeah. that's probably my favorite part about it. Me too. Um, I was going to Worst moments, I mean, uh, there's an episode where I can't remember, I think I'm talking about Ezekiel Elliott or something, and I'm slurring so hard <laughs> that you can't even understand what I'm saying. It was the one episode that... Uh, that uh Stu rewinded and played in half speed or whatever and and it's bad oh man it's bad but i feel like we have cleaned that up a little bit um well we do have our episodes where we do get after it eh? yeah i mean yeah it's uh no it's good man it's uh it's fun um it is you know what it is quietly a lot of work i mean i and i i will be first guy to ever say this and i do not do nearly as much work as matt does but even like man if you like we work we've got shit going on and stuff but it's nice to to take a couple hours out of the week and for sure have a few with the boys man you know the best the best part is enjoying the fruits of your labor right like the recording this part right now recording episode is the best part but yeah it is a lot of work um for something that you know is Obviously, you got to love what you're doing and you got to enjoy what you're doing because, you know, like last night, it would have been nice to just come home and relax after making dinner. <laughs> but no, like you're you're chipping away at things or you're making one making sure one segment's at least finished. Right. So that that part, whatever, you know, it comes with the territory. But I think my favorite part of this whole pod is how I think we we did it. Well, the first year we were very. Uh, intentional with getting every guy in the 40 on once mm-hmm. just so uh, you know they can have a conversation you know there's guys in the league that you might not know very well a lot of us with feldman got gave us a chance to get to know matt better that way um and i feel it brings different friend groups together you know what i mean like yeah for sure i didn't know kellen gallagher before the pod you know i knew mm-hmm. tay loosely yeah you yeah, know yeah. so it's bringing kind of those guys together so I do like that, and it is with us being uh, being so spread out and far away, and young families, and whatever you're up to, jobs and all that shit. It's a way to stay connected. Yeah, so for sure. That's 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 my biggest uh, takeaway from it. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. 
And he did have a follow-up with that question. And uh, he said, mm. uh, you two and the pod have aged like a fine wine. <laughs> Speaking of wine, what's your go-to grape? <laughs> with love, feel good, Feldy. Uh, I personally don't drink wine. I'm not a wine guy. The only time I drink wine is at uh, weddings. And yeah. usually I'm mixing it white and red. And I, I mean, I guess I would have to say a rosé. I'm a rosé guy. Sure. Uh, drank a few bottles of that in my day. But I'm not, I would never go to a restaurant and order a steak and wine. Mm. I would always get a beer. A beer. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm a beer guy. You got pork chops? I don't want steak. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I don't drink a lot of wine. Uh, I've I've kind of changed. I used to be red only. Uh, I like white now more. Uh, I for think, sure. I think if I had to pick, yeah, like out of white and red, I would rather drink white. Prefer a white. Uh, I don't mind. Um, I don't know if it's a, st- a type or a brand. It's it's called Peace Porter. It's under fifteen bucks. Comes in a green bottle. It's real nice, actually. Uh, so that one, if I'm if I'm buying wine at the store, I'll look for Peace Porter. So mm. that's what I go with. Um, other than that, uh, actually, our guest today was uh, Big Dick Daddy Nick, and uh, his his wife. Uh, when we were kind of in our you know mid twenties, growing up or coming up together and all that stuff, she used to drink this wine called Bear Flag. <laughs> And I've that, heard of that. That's pretty good. I don't mind a bear flag for a, for an under twenty dollar bottle of white. It's pretty good stuff. I'll pick that up too. So, yeah, those are those are my two. But usually it's uh, beer or bourbon is what I'm drinking. Yeah, yeah, or I'm a beer whiskey. guy. Yeah, so. especially if I'm at home, like I'm not just gonna sit down and have a glass of wine, you know? Swirling it, swirling it, it, yeah, aerate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. Next question comes in from former BFB entertainment correspondent, Bacon. He writes in and he says, who is the best running back in the NFL this season and why is it Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, well, he's not wrong. You're not wrong. He's crushing Um, it. Over a thousand yards already. Yeah, he he is the rush yard leader right now. Um, Quietly, Derrick Henry's still second. We'll we'll touch on that later and pass it. Sure. Um, But you know what? For fantasy owners, he's been huge down the stretch. And it's it's great. I mean, you got to give it to the guy. For sure. He's been crushing it. Uh, just a few stats uh, with Taylor. So he's now tied the NFL record with eight straight games of 100 scrimmage yards and a rush touchdown. Uh, the last uh, two players to do it were LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006, which was the year he won MVP, and Liddell Mitchell, who did it in 1975-76 season. Crazy. Uh, actually, we have Nick on. He's a Bills guy. Uh, touchdowns against the Bills this season. Jonathan Taylor has five. Uh, Derrick Henry has three. And every other running back combined has two. Crazy. Uh, the Titans uh, had 34 points. Are the only team to score more points against the Bills than Taylor did when he got 30 uh, this season. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Which is nuts. Yeah, Taylor's been... Uh, revelation. He's been crushing it. Yeah. Uh, Great you know, for bacon. Yeah, exactly. Showing that first round pedigree. If you had, if you had Taylor last week, you were, you were laughing. Done. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then his second question, his follow up says, uh, what will happen first in the triple F Gord's second loss or Johnny's second win? Ooh. Um, well, I'm not going to say it's my loss. 
Johnny's second win. So Johnny plays the Tokes this week. Um, not favored to win. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then week 13, uh, Johnny plays better than the Jets, but there must be something going on because they both got pretty low points. Yeah, better than the Jets has a great record. Graham's um, rebooted that team. And then he's got Chris, right? And then he's C-Rob, yeah, last. Yeah. I mean, I think I... I think I might uh, squeak a couple wins out here. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm not banking on anything with Johnny. Johnny's team was in sell mode week two. I'll, yeah. I'll say Gord as much as it pains me. Rattle off ten straight fucking victories. Woo! Um, yeah, it might just keep going. It might. Which Start is... the year 0-1 and currently your record is 10-1. Yeah. Which it's, is nuts. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty, pretty impressive, to be honest. Okay, um... Reliable East Van Andy writes in, and he says, Do we need to consider rebranding the Steel Reserve Division as the Aluminum Foil Reserve? I think we might have to, because <laughs> they're fucking in tough, man. Like, I mean, the John is, is first with six and five. Yeah. I have six and five, and I'm in seventh. Yeah. You know, like... Third place in your div. Third place in my div. Yeah. And then it's Shane, four and seven, uh, Scoot, three and eight, and then the Vices, two and nine. Like, that's a tough one, man. Yeah. And then you got, if you look at the Black Bull, yeah. you got a couple Crushing juggernauts, it. man. Yeah. Pirates at eight and three, Coronas at eight and three, Stu at seven and four, and he wants to quit. Um... <laughs> Blazers at eight and three, Doctor's Order seven and four, and I'm sitting at six and five. Uh, meow. Kitten Boy is at four and seven. <laughs> Tough one. Tough one. Um, but I'm I'm out of a playoff spot right now, and you know what? At it's, six and five, which is pretty six wild. Six and five, you know? which is crazy. And John's holding the third seed at six and five in that div. <laughs> Tough luck. Figure, but you know what? Stu's sitting in fifth, third in his div Ooh. at seven and four. So Ooh. holy shit, yeah. Uh, Tough go for that div this year, for sure. Uh, interestingly enough, um, Johnny drafted that division. Yeah. <laughs> and he's in last place. <laughs> Never forget. Okay. Um, on a more serious note, Andrew writes in and he says, There's been a lot of upsets recently and teams that used to look good maybe don't look so look uh, look so much anymore. Sure. <laughs> I asked earlier in the season, but I figure I asked again. What do you guys think? Who do you think will figure it out, Matt? Who do you guys think will play in the Super Bowl now? Fuck. Reading. Who? That's a tough one, man. You know, like. Honestly, Tennessee could steal the AFC. They've got the best record right now. Yeah. But I think they're in tough. Oh, man, on the NFC, I honestly think the NFC is anybody's game. I think Green Bay could go to the Super Bowl. Like, Yeah, honestly, like I'd say the same with the AFC. Who's who? Yeah. Baltimore is sitting second. They lost to Miami last week and just squeaked by Chicago. No, Baltimore beat Miami last week, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, squeaked. No, they lost lost to Miami. Um... That Thursday nighter. They lost to Miami and then they played Chicago and they squeaked it out against Andy Dalton. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're sitting in second. The New England Patriots are sitting in third. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, you can't doubt Belly. Can't man. doubt Belly. I mean, Tennessee if Henry were if Henry were healthy, for sure. 
Yeah. I think Tennessee would be the AFC pick. Uh, earlier this year, I said it was the LA Chargers. They're sitting in six. They're still in a wild card position. Um, they need to figure things out on defense. Yeah, they do, uh, for sure. To be a contender. So, oh, man, it's hard to say. You know what? I'm going to stick with what I said at first. Let's go with chart. I'm going to stick with the Chargers in the AFC. And then originally I had picked the Dallas Cowboys uh, to be the NFC representative. They're sitting in fourth place right now. Arizona's won. Green Bay, nah, I don't know. It's nice to go off the beaten path. So I'll stick with the Cowboys. But man, like what the Cardinals have done with Colt McCoy at quarterback yeah, that's crazy. is pretty damn impressive. And th- they have a hell of a lineup. I think I'm going to go with Green Bay okay. in the Super Bowl for, from the NFC. Yeah. And in the AFC, I think the Chiefs are still going to make it. Okay. It, even though they've, day. you know what I mean? Like they're. Yeah. They've so had that's what I'm going for with. Sure. Okay. And I'll stick with the Chargers and Cowboys. Okay. How about them boys? Them boys. Uh, I hope they play well tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, next question comes in from the Seattle Soup Savant. And he's on a similar vein to uh, Feldy. He writes in and he said, What has been each of your highlights, if you can remember, of the last 50 episodes? <laughs> Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we touched on it a bit, but I, it, one thing we didn't mention is I, I really love how, just through like, almost organically, these segments have come up. Yeah, that's like true. There, yeah. there's been no effort with them. It's just like, hey, we should touch on this. Sure, boom, done. <laughs> it's in the lineup, right? Like, I just, I, I like, I think the highlight is just like. You know, the the original idea was, hey, let's sit in front of a mic and talk about football. And now it's evolved into this, like, pirated clip show. Structured. Structured. Highly structured. It could be better, but we'll see. Um, uh, kind of format, right? Like, there's a format to it. Like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like how that's evolved. You know what I like is is writing in the questions, too. <laughs> yeah, for ourselves. Yeah. yeah, I think they're pretty fun. You know what I mean to think of? I also do really like picking the music. Yeah. And I mean, as, they're little parts of it, right? But they're fun, you know? I think uh, writing the questions is always good. Yeah, that's good. Fun stuff. And then the other question he had, um, we modified it a bit, uh, for Gord. What do you think about the New York Giants relieving Jason Garrett, aka the Clapper, of his duties? I mean, I think it's it's it was bound to happen. I mean, they're a low scoring team, and your offensive coordinator is is there to make sure the team scores points, and it's not happening. And I mean, they got guys like Kenny Galladay, who's very underused, um, very frustrated. You got a weapon in Kadarius Tony, who they've used in trick plays and stuff like that. You know what I mean? He's an athlete. And uh, you still have Shepard. Well, he's been hurt most of the year. But you have Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Like, he was toted. He was, people were saying, oh, this guy's going to be the best running back of all time. Hmm. You know? And I don't know. It's, it's tough. And you have a guy in Daniel Jones who, unless he gets an offensive line, you're never going to know how good Daniel Jones is. Because if he had an O-line, he could be a premier quarterback in the league. And I'm afraid, you know, we're just not going to get that. And then they're going to draft another guy and he's going to go somewhere else and be good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, 
Jason Garrett. Now they got Freddie Kitchens calling plays. Oh, um, so you know what I mean. I think I honestly like that. Um, I I was gonna touch on it and pass it around the NFL, but there's no point now. Um, it's it's tough in in the Meadowlands right now, man. Like fucking players and and coaches and and fans are not happy. Um, nor should they be. You the know only, what I mean? The They're only, three and six. The only happy people in the Meadowlands right now are all the stray cats. Yes, living exactly. In the living their life. Um, so it's. Yeah, it's it's tough out there for a Giants fan right now. Um, I mean, I, I hopefully they can stay ahead of the game here a little bit, but mm. I think it's going to be tough. Um, who do they play this week? No, they play sure. Philly. Okay. So I mean, division game. You know, hopefully they can win. Philly's favored by three. I, I don't think the Giants will win, <laughs> you know, but I mean, they should, right? Yeah. So it's well, tough. We'll see. It's it's real interesting. Like the the signing to make the splash to get Galladay and then to use him in the way they have been. It doesn't I, it's, even have a touchdown. It's baffling. Yeah. It's baffling. You made, you made, you know, you obviously believed in the guy. You paid him like you believed in him. So then show that you believe in him and yeah, throw him sure. the goddamn ball, you know. Yeah, Steve Slate, in my eyes, Steve Slayton should be getting priority or targets over him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Um, next question comes in from Old Rob in New Denver. Given this weekend's trade veto and subsequent deadline push, <laughs> should leagues have a deadline reminder so maybe the commission glances at his phone on deadline day at least once? <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know what? Anytime I've ever done a trade in a league that I'm not in, or not commissioning, <laughs> I've always texted the commissioner and said, hey, can you push this through? So, I mean, I You apologize. do, eh? Always. I've never done that. Always. Every time. I trust my commissioner is with it. No, I fucking let him know that it needs to be done, not now, but right now. <laughs> so i just didn't happen i honestly did not check fantasy all day saturday like fuck kill me you know what i mean like but I, you knew that the deadline was that day oh i knew the deadline was around that day <laughs> like i don't know what day it was but if i would have got a heads up boom i would have put it through i always push through push through trade true right away right right away, away. No i don't question. let them i don't let them sit man if they want to make the trade boom it's yeah, done yeah that's true so i was it was a fucking honest mistake like yeah. but you know what it was corrected so for those that aren't in the triple f or know what we're talking about uh there was a trade that went down on saturday gordon didn't see it uh sunday rolled around when was it monday Monday, I canceled it. Monday, he saw the trade and canceled it and said, whoa, 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 you did this past the deadline. To which both managers said, no, no, no. It was done on the deadline. On Before Saturday. midnight, Saturday. You just didn't look. <laughs> so Gordon said, okay. So he went back in, redid the trade, and pushed her through. Yeah, so exactly. So it all worked out yeah, in the so, end. You know. you know what? I'm not I'm not judge, jury, and executioner. I have a reasonable guy it's sometimes. It's true. It's true. <laughs> okay um we do have uh did you have a write-in guest i've got two more on my list okay well yeah you can hit uh you can hit one more here but i um it's it's is it from a boy who has been around a little bit 
Oh yeah, he gets it. He gets around. Yeah, right, picture that with a Kodak. I better yet, go to Times Square, take a picture of me with a Kodak. Took my life from negative to positive. I just want you to know that. And tonight, let's enjoy life. Pitbull, Neo, Neo. Marty's favorite Pitbull jam. Oh, that's my I favorite that Pitbull one, man. jam, too. Fuck, that good. was real good. Mr. Worldwide! Mr. Worldwide! Coming through, 305. Well... Boys, with the success of the last two FIFA CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers hosted here at Estadio Azteca, and the NFL having hosted preseason games in Canada in the past, is it time they explore the option of a regular season game with eyes on the West to host? I don't think they would do regular season in Canada just because the stadium capacity isn't high enough. No, I think I think Commonwealth in the West, Commonwealth would have the most, and it's only sixty four. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, even when the game was in London, there was still ninety thousand people. There, yeah. Right. True. So, I think that's what the regular season games are going to be based on. But they could have a preseason game. I mean, Commonwealth is by far the nicest outdoor stadium in Canada. Outdoor for sure. I don't think market wise they would pick Edmonton. I think it'd be Van. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure, to do it. Um, a Seattle game in band. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like the last time they did preseason games in Toronto, there was like zero attendance. Nobody cared. Yeah. It was like a Bills game, a preseason Bills game, and nobody went. You know, and the players were complaining about the field, even though it was the CFL field, <laughs> like the turf. Uh, so I don't know if they'll come back to it. I don't think there's a need. I honestly think. If the if the NFL is going to go international, it's it's obviously London and maybe Mexico. They've done that in the past. They've done right? yeah, they did uh, like a Raiders Kansas City game in Mexico, and there was like chain link on the stands <laughs> so that people couldn't throw shit on the field and stuff from soccer games. Right? It was yeah, you got to separate the clubs, right? Yeah, the, but the supporters can't clash. There's four uh, London games. Yes. This year, yes. So, which is quite a bit, right? Yeah, because they just built that stadium in Wembley mm-hmm. to also house NFL games. Mm-hmm. So the field is designed for both, right? So, I mean, it, it was pretty cool, but I didn't go to Wembley. No, it was in Twickenham or some shit. Twickenham. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think like I don't know that that FIFA. That FIFA, those FIFA games are awesome, but uh, yeah, I, Brian and I went to the second one, the Mexico one. Yeah, it was sick. Man. Mexico was being a bunch of bitches at the end, man. Oh, dude, but it was there was lots of action at the end. Man, oh, big too. time, big time. Um, yeah. Uh, he also had a follow up question and just a, a roster question for us. Is it time for Mister Worldwide to move on from William Fuller the Fifth, <laughs> currently sitting on my IR? And the answer is yes. I would say so. Resoundingly. I would say so. I had him in my auction league. I let him toil on my IR for a while. Yeah, I don't know when he's coming back. It seems like between him and Devontae Parker, like, they're never going to get healthy. Which is fine if you own uh, Jalen Waddle because the guy's getting, like, 16 targets a week. Yeah. Um, No, I think there's, there's other options out there that could be beneficial to your roster. Even other guys you could pick up and stash on the wire that would probably come back yeah, quicker sure. than than Will Fuller. Kind of a shitty shitty start in Miami there. I thought he was going to pop off. So did I, but 
He's always been that guy. He has a couple big games a year, and that's it. True. Okay, uh, last question I have comes in from Johnny Uzoma in Valley View. <laughs> he writes in, he said, why did Stu quit the 40? Gonna regret it, I bet. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You're not into it. You're not into it. That's fine. Sure, you can't feign, you can't feign interest. And, like, fantasy football's, you know, you gotta like what you're doing. It's demanding. You gotta make sure you got your shit in on the wire yeah. Tuesday night. Be up on injuries. And as Stu said, I haven't watched a down in football in two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is which is fine. You know? So, I don't know. If anything, like, I feel as though the 40 is moving away from punishments. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Oh, uh, that doesn't need to happen. Doesn't need to happen anymore. Maybe you just make it a monetary thing. And if that were the case, then I think, uh, you know... There wouldn't be so much worry about having to leave or anything like that. Like, I think, you know, if you, if you have a shitty year, you have a shitty year. No big deal. Yeah. MBT. You know, as we I've said earlier, this, this league is more than anything about, instead of football, it's about just maintaining your... Keep it up with the boys. Yeah, your friendships, right? So, you know, it, it, I would be sad if Stu left, to be honest. And I'd be sad if, uh, you know, Nigel was hinting at it, too. It would suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially... You know, Stu, like, Huncho and I are lucky. We play, obviously, Flyers with Stu. Lives in the same city. We can see him whenever. But for guys that are, you know, living in Baltimore or Seattle or Houston or wherever you might be, Calgary, Feldy, um, you know, it sucks if you don't if you don't have that because there's another, you know, thing that you have with that guy that's gone. Totally. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, uh, he'll stick around. I hope he sticks around, and I anti- I look forward to... The apology letter. The apology. <laughs> <laughs> um, this question comes in from another guy who's stuck around. He hasn't wrote in very many times this year. Um, this one comes from the Rundle Park Yeti. Oh, baby. And he says, boys, long time no talk. Been a busy fall for the Rundle Yeti and the Northern Alberta Black Bear. Foraging and murdering small and large animals alike. Been working pretty closely with Gord over some uh, new smoked squirrel recipes. Gord fancies himself a pretty good chef, but I'm coming for the title. My smoked squirrel brain and braised coyote skull are top of the list. And the top of the list in my eyes is the BFB. My question to you, how do you guys think you have managed to keep it going after 50 apps? And he says mostly because the two main listeners don't have Wi-Fi and uh you write in most of your questions from people and they are make believe <laughs> uh, well when you put it like that i would say ego but, uh, <laughs> no to be honest uh, i was having this conversation with with nick and he was the so he he hooked us up with a microphone an additional microphone said okay now you guys can run two rigs you don't need to sit so close together on the couch. Um, but I, I told him, I said, like, okay, like, this is all great, but I don't know how to do this. And I fear that figuring it out is a, a solo endeavor, um, which is 100% true. But we were talking about it because, so his this microphone came up because his brother had wanted to start a hockey podcast with his buddy. Mm-hmm. But what was happening was his brother was ready to go. But the guy that he was going to do it with kept flaking out. I can't make it. This week doesn't work. All that stuff. So long and short of it, it was what I'm getting to is it takes um, 
people that uh, two guys that are willing to be flexible with their schedules and understanding and committed to it and you know like i can put in all i want into this pod but if gord doesn't reciprocate or show up and bring that banter and that wit then there's no point mm-hmm. so i think you know chemistry has been a nice thing to it the kind of the yin and the yang the planner and the gut guy you know like (laughs) going off that stuff so i think that's that's definitely helped us be um successful and i think like if we weren't enjoying it or we saw it as more of a burden during the week like oh fuck i gotta get ready for this kind of thing then it would be done you know Mm -hmm. there's no sense forcing it if it's if it's not something that you're both passionate i guess would be the word yeah for sure right so yeah yeah that's kind of my thoughts about it what about you gord um yeah i mean i just you know what uh it's it's a good time i mean like i said it's a break from reality it's a little bit of late night but definitely late nights um you know it's fun man it's uh it's a good little thing every week or every couple weeks to just you know, not think about work and mm-hmm. this and that, right? You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, it's good. That's what I enjoy most. It's a it. good test, too, because it's like, I, I'm definitely thankful that I wear a mask at my job because, like, there's mornings where I'm like, holy fuck, I stink. <laughs> um, you know, and it's a good test, too. Like, how much can a guy drink on a weeknight and stay up how late? you know and then go to work and still be functional and somewhat productive yeah i'm getting pretty used to it now yeah exactly. <laughs> playing hurt all the time yeah so yeah no it's it's definitely uh it's been a blast for sure nice okay well, well pass it around let's jump into it uh we can rip pass it yeah for sure yeah and uh kudos to gord came through for us today stopped by the the new spot mm-hmm. fuck delta nine we're wake and bake guys now. That's right. That's right. Um, well, we already hit Jason Garrett, so that was sure. my first point around the NFL. So don't really need to uh, to touch on that. No. Um, I will mention though, your pod favorite Phil Lindsay got waved mm-hmm. by the Texans and signed by Johnny's Fins. Hashtag Fin up. <laughs> Hashtag Bill. Oh, up. he got signed by Miami yeah, already. Signed wow. by Miami. Uh, don't mind that move. Me um, neither. You know what I mean? Miles Gaskin hasn't really ever been the guy, um, but maybe they can use Phil, you know, on third downs or whatever. So. Well, Phil's going to be the heaviest back they have on that roster between mm-hmm. Salvin Ahmed and Miles Gaskin. Yeah, he's exactly. the bruiser. Yeah, so <laughs> you're the goal line back, Phil. <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, don't mind that one bit. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, well, good for him. I'm surprised if you were to tell me at the start of the year with the four backs that they started with, Ingram, Johnson, Lindsay, and Burkhead, that at the end of it, it would be David Johnson and Rex Burkhead still standing in Houston. Yeah. I wouldn't believe you. No way. Uh, another thing to chat around, uh, for pass it around is Tyler Huntley. So, uh, Tyler Huntley went undrafted in the 2020 draft. Uh, There were actually 13 quarterbacks drafted ahead of him. He signed to the Ravens practice squad in 2020. By the end of the season, he had worked his way up to the uh, backup QB position. And uh, this past week, with Lamar Jackson out, Huntley made his first career start. And with the Ravens down 13-9 in the fourth quarter, he orchestrated a game-winning drive against uh, the Bears to get the win. Now, yeah, good guy. Um, And I think one of the things I like the most about this guy is just his personality. So he had a heck of a post game interview 
where you can just tell how pumped and happy and just what a good good natured boy this guy is. What a performance. Your first start in the National Football League. You saved the best for last. Two scores in under two minutes. What is your reaction? Uh uh credit to the defense. They did a great job stopping the stopping a good Bears team uh just over and over to give us a position to go down and win the game. So uh, our team came to play and we came victorious. Tell us about that bandage over your under your right eye. When did that happen? Shoot, I think that happened like first drive, my helmet, <laughs> something, something happened. They, I just came to the sideline. They, they're putting bandages on my face. I didn't even know it was bleeding, but it's all right. Is that a welcome to the NFL moment? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you could call it that. <laughs> when did you learn you were starting, Tyler? Shoot, this morning when I was walking to the bus, LJ texted me. He said, go do your thing, man. And I said, all right, I got you, family. <laughs> Mark Andrews just called you a beast to me. How do you assess your overall performance? Time of possession, outstanding, and obviously the big plays. Uh, it, it could be way better. Uh, we could get in the end zone a lot more, but it's, it's the first start. It's the uh, everybody getting used to each other, and it's, it's that's it's just all that. <laughs> <laughs> overall, good dude, Tyler yeah. Hundley. Yeah. Played his uh, college ball, I think, at uh, the University of Utah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, something else that uh, kind of popped up today uh, as we were about to record the podcast was a situation with Everson Griffin. Um, apparently, he was sending texts to... Were those Mike Zimmer? Yeah. In the middle of the night, kind of asking for help? Asking for help, and I mean, he was posting videos on social media of him brandishing a gun yeah and saying uh guys are after him stuff like that so obviously you know not feeling well and not feeling right and called 911 um the general manager of the the vikings actually showed up mm-hmm. to his house yeah, too and that. and got him you know out of the house with no question and he's obviously getting the help that he needs right so for sure um yeah scary times in many it's an it's an interesting like the timing of it is pretty um, interesting. This comes after uh, two weeks ago, AJ Brown uh, released a video on, uh, on TikTok, um, kind of detailing his own um, mental health issues, um, and then it was followed up uh, a week later with Stephon Diggs, two high profile players to be coming out and um, discussing these kind of things, and I think it's important. So here's what AJ Brown came out and said. Things out of your chest and take depression serious. 
Now, for a high-profile athlete to come out and do that is one thing, but then to be followed up the very next week uh, with Stefan Diggs doing it, and this comes all after Calvin Ridley. Yeah, his, Take, his, took a leave. His message um, is pretty powerful stuff, and I mean, I know there's a, a lot of people out there dealing with uh, depression, and I think hearing it from people in that position is, uh, is important. So here's what uh, Stefan Diggs had to say. What does that allow you to do like on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis when you're in such a good headspace, in such a good situation? I mean, it's like a weight off your back because people don't really... I mean, we live in such a tough world, and then we live in a sensitive world, so it's like, you know, you got people on all ends who have a comment or have a, have a say-so in X, Y, Z, but you don't know what people kind of go through, especially in their mental headspace, because, you know... Um, when you put in a lot of work in what you do and you invest in yourself and you give it everything that you got and it doesn't pan out, people don't care about it as much, you know what I'm saying? And when it does go well, it goes well. But when it doesn't, you feel like you're kind of falling short. So as far as, like, uh, I was in I was in that place, I was in a bad place at one point, and I felt like I had to kind of dig myself out of there because, you know, it had nothing to do with you. Sometimes it's, the, it's, sometimes it's just, like, the situation, and you got to look big picture because, like I kind of said a couple weeks ago, uh, all the time that you put in, all the effort that you put into yourself and trying to get yourself ready for the opportunity. Sometimes the opportunity comes and sometimes it doesn't. You know, that's even with jobs. I feel, if you feel like as an intern, you probably worked 180 hours. You know I'm saying? You didn't get your dream job after that. You know what I'm saying? It never happens that way. So for us, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not too much of a difference. It's just at a higher level. And football is such a, you know, competitive, you know what I'm saying? You put your all into it and it's a hard on your sleeve sport. So I always feel for guys and I, know, I understand what it's like to be in not a not a great headspace because, you know, um, I was there at one point and I always say like, you know, I ain't gonna say buck up, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna say, uh, you know, I wish him well and I hope, I hope uh, it all works out. What do you think about Calvin Ridley's decision to step back for a little bit? I feel like, I mean, as a, I'm not a huge, I used to be a tough love guy, you know what I'm saying? Because I used to be like that with my little brothers, but. I feel like I had to take a step back from being that way just because it's not all about tough love. You know what I'm saying? You kind of got to love up on people sometimes, and you don't understand how, how hard the battle is for them. Like, something that I can handle, somebody else might not be able to handle. You know what I'm saying? For, so being responsible, and I feel like taking care of your mental, taking care of your chicken, as Marshawn would say, uh, <laughs> it's smart for you, and it's good for you. It's good for you, it's good for your family, it's good for your surroundings, because when you're in a bad headspace and you're, you're at your job and you kind of, like, not not in the best place, you might not be your best self. You know what I'm saying? And when you're not your best self, you're not helping nobody. So I feel like that's a that was the best thing that he could do. I commend him. I salute him for that. And hopefully um, hopefully he shakes back in all ways. Yeah, yeah, good stuff from the kid. Big time. All right. Well, do you have anything else? Your, uh, your boy, Jamar Chase. Yeah. And my boy, Jamar Chase. Um, he's getting some praise from Mike Tomlin. A division rival head coach. Um, it's it's praise, but it's kind of like backhanded praise. <laughs> because he says, you know, a guy like Jamar Chase popping off at the start of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, but now defenses have a little tape on him. He's slowed down. In the last three weeks, he has. True. Um, you know, I don't think he's topped over 50 yards in the last three weeks. But Jamar Chase is still the third player. And this is a little Gordy stat of the week. Yeah. Jamar Chase is still the third player since 1970 to have 800 plus yards and eight touchdowns in their first 10 games of the year, of the season, of his career. Damn. Okay? Yeah. The only other two, Matt? Who? Odell Beckham and Mike Evans. 
Uh, Jamar is on pace for 1,474 yards, which would break the all-time rookie receiving record set in 1960 by Houston's Bill Groman, which was 1,473 yards. Damn. That's a long-standing record. Crazy. Jamar's got a shot. He's got a shot. You know? And interesting, did it, it uh, Tomlin praising him backhandedly. That's still the same Jamar Chase that had two receiving <clears throat> touchdowns on your defense exactly. earlier this season, right? Week three. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, just quickly touching on the Denver Broncos. Uh, they locked up their receiving core all the way. They're, all of their top three receivers are signed to 2024. Sutton, Judy, and Tim Patrick all signed tickets, uh, which is really nice of uh, Radio Shack to let their weekend manager, Tim Patrick, <laughs> sign that big contract. Thanks, Radio Oh, well, yeah. His job offer at Best Buy <laughs> fell through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were my fallback. Oh, man. Uh, in sad news, but obviously this shows what kind of guy he is. J.J. Watt, um, he's a Wisconsin native, played his college football there. Um, recently, there was a... Um, a tragic event that happened uh, during a Christmas day, uh, Christmas parade, uh, in, um, the town, uh, I, I forget what it's called, but somewhere in Wisconsin. Um, now, oh, uh, Waukesha, Waukesha, <laughs> uh, Wisconsin is where it happened. And essentially what happened was, uh, Daryl Brooks, a 39 year old career criminal and, um, was charged with five counts of first degree intentional homicide. Uh, with a sixth count pending after an eight-year-old boy succumbed to his injuries. Uh, but basically what happened was Brooks was fleeing a domestic incident when he barreled his car into the route of the annual parade, injuring an additional 62 people. Crazy. Um, and then killing those those uh, six people. So what J.J. Watt's come out and done, because he's a Wisconsin native and he cares, is he's offered to pick up all of the funeral costs for all six of those victims. Um in that area so uh tragic event but uh jj watt has always been uh, a beauty top hmm. to bottom from from when he came into the league and uh just a little snapshot into the person he is um and then quickly i'm not going to belabor the point but uh this weekend baker uh mayfield was booed at home by the cleveland fans uh when they squeaked out at their win 13 10 um over the Detroit Lions, costing Marty his uh, sports select ticket in the process. Um, but after the game, Baker came out and he said, those are probably the same fans that won't be quiet while we're on offense and trying to operate, so I don't really care uh, when he was asked about getting booed at home. And I get it. You know, I get it. Like, yeah. these fucking fans, man, it sounds like Cleveland fans and Oilers fans aren't that far apart. They no, love you when they when they want to, and they hate on you when it's convenient, right? Yeah. Like uh, after the game, he declined to talk to media, which is the first time in his career, win or loss, that he's done it, and he's coming off a win, um, playing super hurt and banged up. Um, but speaking again to his true character, on Tuesday, he was out at a local um, uh, establishment in downtown Cleveland handing out turkey dinner with a couple teammates to the less fortunate. Yeah. You know, what Baker does on the field and off the field is it can't be ignored. Like he on the field, yeah, he's up and down. He's had his in, he, this year has been tough. But off the field, he's a leader, you know, and he he's huge in the community. And I just think like I'm not going to play the clip, but if you want to go look it up, uh 
earlier this week, Rich Eisen kind of went on on it on his show, and he said like, so what what do you want, Cleveland fans? Yeah. What do you want? What's the alternative? You don't sign him, and then you he plays next year on the franchise tag, and then what? You draft a a sophomore on some campus somewhere that's then tasked with building up the the team. Yeah, like given then you're our back his, right where you started. Exactly, given our history, like. I don't understand the Baker hate. He's allowed to have bad games. Every fucking quarterback has a bad game. Totally. You know, I just wish we wish there was a little bit more give. How soon we forget. You know, how soon you we forget. if we fucking had Spurgeon win. We look yeah. at Derek Anderson like he was one of the best quarterbacks in franchise history because unfortunately he was. Yeah. And if I had to pick between old Derek Anderson or current Baker Mayfield, I'm going Baker Mayfield, you know? Totally. So I don't know. I just think Cleveland fans, come on, figure it out. <laughs> Stop being fucking morons at home and booing the guy. Like, come on. Yeah, the old uh, the Philly cheer, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Well, Dickie's uh, quick stats of the week. Just go over the the leaders fast. Sure. Uh, passing: Patty Mahomes, thirty two hundred. Second: Tom Brady. Third: Derek Carr. Fourth: Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. And fifth: my boy Herbert. Now rushing. This is where it still gets good. Jonathan Taylor, eleven hundred. Derek Henry still sits in second. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, third. Joe Main, fourth. And your boy Dalvin in fifth. Receiving, Cooper Cup, been leader almost all year. Debo was at the start. Mm-hmm. 1,100, uh, 1,141 for Cooper. Debo's in second. Devontae's in third. Jefferson's in fourth. And Tyreek is fifth. Um, and the seventh anniversary of the catch. Yes, the catch. Yeah, I'm sure. The Odell Beckham Maybe catch. Maybe Odell will release that on his website, obj.love.org yeah. or whatever it's fucking called. <laughs> Like, come on, man. I don't know. Well, that's a good segue into uh, our uh, quibs and quotes mm. for this week. Uh, and let's, uh, I was going to save it for a little later on, but uh, let's jump into it. So in this, in this little quote, we have Steve Smith, former receiver for the Baltimore Ravens and the Carolina Panthers, on the panel of Thursday Night Football, uh, talking about Odell Beckham and his new landing spot in L.A., the other voice you're going to hear is Brown's uh, all-pro left tackle, Joe Thomas, who's also on the panel, putting this fucker in his place. Um, so let's jump into it. Oh, okay. If Odell gets seven, eight, nine hundred yards in seven weeks, and he's, ca- he's able to do that in L.A., what does that say? What does that say? Somebody hit the mute button on this guy for a second. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. In the next eight weeks, you'll get seven, seven or eight hundred fucking yards. <laughs> no. There's no way. <laughs> no way. That first game for the LA, they were throwing hero balls his way, and he yeah. wasn't even catching him. He was getting picked off. The best play he made in a Rams uniform in that first game was the hit after that pick. Yeah. You know? So whatever. Uh, Carson Wentz uh, a couple weeks ago told his wife uh, on potentially missing the birth of their second child. He said, if it comes down to the game, I told my wife I'm playing and then I'll come see you at the hospital afterwards. Okay. Sounds good, Carson. 
Um, a little bit of Thanksgiving controversy came out this week uh, with Matt Judon's opinions on macaroni and cheese. Oh, yeah. He said, it's disgusting. Get it off the table. The bathroom will be less busy at the house anyways. <laughs> and then Mac Jones chimed in and said, when he was asked if he would pick apple or pecan pie at Thanksgiving, he said, I don't like any of the pies. <laughs> oh, Mac. <laughs> oh. Um, host of Red Zone, Chris Hansen, came out this week and said, the rumors are true. I don't go to the bathroom during the seven hours of NFL Red Zone. I dehydrate on Sunday morning, use the men's room right before the show and during the five-minute countdown, and then it's the willpower of a ninja for seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, which is true, and contrast his uh, and our media uh, brethren, Joe Buck, yeah. who pisses in a bottle while he's yelling about touchdowns. Ah. So that's fun stuff. Um, Justin Herbert was recently asked um, if he worked out by a media member, and this was his uh, this was <laughs> this is his response. <laughs> do you work out justin correct does it not look like it <laughs> oh man and then um this one was pretty good this was uh bill belichick at a recent press conference um when asked why his teams uh do better late in the season and only like bill can one of the things that's always said about your teams is that you the peak at the right time of the year, just before the, the playoffs and seem to have things come together. Is that a, a conscious thing where there's like a, a process to that? Or what is your, your view on being um, the, your best to when the, the weather kind of gets colder? Yeah, well, believe it or not, Chris, we try to play well all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, he says. Oh, man. And those are the quibs and quotes for the week. Oh, I got a little quick quote. Ooh, quick do quip. Nice. Um, and that's just from Mr. Mr. Des Bryant. And he says, he tweeted at Kadarius Tony. He says, after hearing the news about JG, Kadarius Tony, you will get to experience a love and joy for football throughout your career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty good. Fucking Des, man. Oh, man. Always good good for his laugh. Okay, well, uh, before we jump into anything else, we're going to throw it to our interview for uh, this evening. We were lucky enough to have uh, the big dick daddy himself, Nick, join us. Um, heck of an interview. Heck of an interview. He uh, he took a little break from his weekly weekly activities yeah. to, to join us, his, his weekly club. Who's the president? Horthcock Williams. Look, I don't have a big penis, but I'd like to see if I could join the Big Johnson community. How are you getting in the Big Johnson community without a Big Johnson? What? I know somebody there who could vouch for me. What do you mean vouch for you? They, they, they gotta look at it. Can't just show up. You gotta flash that motherfucker at the door. Yeah. See. Well, what happens if I get caught? They throw you out of there by your little ass Johnson. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, baby. Baby. <laughs> Welcome. Making his second appearance on the podcast, connecting with us up on the Lighted Up Hotline from his sex palace in Idlewild, is the WAP himself, a.k.a. Big Dick Daddy, a.k.a. Lance's Lot, a.k.a. BFB Ghostwriter, a.k.a. Friend of the Fearless Forecast, a.k.a. I'll have one more, why not? Welcome back to the show, Nick! Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Good to a- be back. A.K.A. Hey, Gord, you got to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you had packed that one time. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. Oh, man, yeah, so good to have you on. Momentous episode. Yeah, big one for the boys. And we had to go with uh, one of our strongest supporters, one of the sh- biggest resilience. <laughs> one of the biggest ghost riders. I will say it is my favorite podcast, so thank you, guys. <laughs> Well, you know what? We appreciate that. All six listeners, you know, at least if we got one that's your, your favorite. Yeah, People no. don't know what they're missing. <laughs> it's true. We like the underground lifestyle. We though. have to embrace it because if we ever got found out, we'd be shut down in an instant. Cancer culture. Yeah. You guys have stolen yeah. what? The BFB would get canceled. Yeah. yeah. If it's not the, the illegal clips, it's Gord's borderline joke. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, yeah. Nick, do you remember what your uh, intro music the last time you were on was? Uh, Cold 45, I think, was it? Or that was maybe the outro. The intro might have been, uh, whapped by... Cardi. By team name, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. It brings me up to my next point. You were the only guest we've ever had to request an outro song yeah. as well. <laughs> I like ghost writing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was waiting for the, uh, waiting for your request this week, but nothing came. So we're... Too much ridicule last time I had to. I, you put me in my place. Just an intro. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, like we said, huge honor. Um, really, when when Gordon and I were talking about episode fifty and how to how to commemorate and what things to do to celebrate it, a lot of them didn't happen because we just didn't plan or have time. <laughs> but one of the things that we did do was get you on, and that's. Uh, yeah, we're we're super thankful that uh, you took the time to meet with us. So um, let's get into let's jump into the questions pretty quick here. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. Daddy's here, and Daddy is going to take care of you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> let's go. Oh man. Well, <clears throat> Big Nick, Nick, you know our uh, our first question is a bit of a two parter here for you. Um, you're a hugely active owner in the Triple F, making some bold early season moves and grinding right up to the deadline. Looking back on the season, do you think it was wise trading those early draft picks at such a young, you know, uh, a season that's just budding? Um, and ultimately, where do you feel you'll end up at the end of the year? Wise? No. Obviously, it's been struggle all year. <laughs> Traded first two picks for a guy and never had both McCaffrey and Kamara yet together. <laughs> so that's uh, that's really hurting me. But uh, sometimes you get a better deal, or not as many guys are going after some of the big names early on. So you take a shot, and you know if it would have worked out and got a few games with them together, I think I'd be in a much more comfortable position. But uh, I think I'm squeaking in. And uh, our division, luckily, is shit compared to 
the other two, so that gives me a chance. But uh, tough loss last week. That would have been a huge win to go ahead in the division, but uh, we'll see. Well, see what happens this week. You got divisional rounds coming up. Yeah, big. Yeah, so, big three like games. Say, these are big, yeah. Yeah. Who do you take on this week? Stu. 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 Tomorrow, oh. injured again. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a... I don't, Once I traded the first two picks, it, the third and fourth round don't matter after that, so you might as well just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so next year going into the draft, you, what's your first pick? Which round? Five. Okay, <clears throat> wow. Uh, Gord, so I got like three or four round picks, so. Yeah, that's right. Which will be great for guys like Marquez Callaway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did that year, Gord, you traded and you ended up taking Rogers. What round was that in? Third. Third round. And that was a team of struggle. Oh, man. Yeah, I came in second last that year. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, hopefully. You know what? Hopefully you hit a few gems, late, late, late round gems, and you'll be okay. Yeah. And maybe I'd suggest yeah. listening to a different podcast. To learn more about fantasy than this one, <laughs> I listened. I listened to other podcasts. This is just my favorite. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> oh, sick. Um, okay, uh, our second question. We know you're a Bills guy. Hashtag Bills up. I'm pretty sure. Okay, Gord wrote this question. I know, and I knew it was wrong. I yeah. knew it was wrong, but I wrote it anyway because I thought it was funny. <laughs> Hashtag Bills up. <laughs> pretty sure it's Bills Mafia. Uh, what a great franchise to fly your flag for. Always had respect for the Mafia. They came into the year expected to go far into the playoffs and were almost a lock to win the AFC East. But with Matt Jones' Patriots at the top of the div, are you worried about the Bills down the stretch? Or are you confident they have what it takes to go to the AFC Championship or even, dare we say, Super Bowl? I am nervous after, especially after last game. That was just an absolute slaughter by one man, tearing apart the whole team. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, these next two weeks are huge because tomorrow night should be able to beat a uh, pretty shitty New Orleans offense and then play the Patriots week after. So after they lose these two, they're hurting. They win these two, they're back on top and, and things are looking okay. But, Super Bowl is not looking great. Uh, just defense kind of fell off. But uh, you never know, I guess. Make it to the playoffs, see what happens. I feel like that uh, that game against the Colts was a bit of, an, of uh, an anomaly. Like Usually the Bills are pretty stout against uh, rushing attack. But they yeah, got well, absolutely Henry torched. carved them up too a couple weeks before. Mm. But I mean, those are kind of two of the top three. Right. Yeah, right now, backs, for sure. But... Jonathan Taylor, he's really made a mark. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Best, best back right now in the game, for sure. For he's, sure. He's coming into his own in the last few weeks, that's for sure. Owners are fucking loving it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the uh, and you know, like looking at the Saints, I think they've got that one. Uh, Trevor Simeon still Manning behind uh, yeah. the center. The lost Manning brother. Um, and then Patriots, uh, you guys play them... In, right in, in Foxborough, don't you? I believe so, yeah. Highmark Stadium, is that, that camp, the Bills? Camp after Patriots, too, so I mean, oh, no. you got a pretty good tough stretch. Yeah, that is a tough stretch. Actually, you guys play the Patriots come to uh, Orchard Park. 
Actually, weird weird statistic is uh, Mac Jones is five and zero on the road. Hmm. Ooh. Big divisional game, and uh, the rookie's balling. Yeah, so, yeah, he's, it's hard he's to having say. a good year. I don't know. I think like Josh Allen is Josh Allen. I think he'll bounce back. I I, I don't know if they'll win the division. I think playoffs though. I think they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, but I I don't know. They they're showing some cracks, cracks in the foundation. Yeah. Well, it might have to do with. Uh, with this next question coming up, I think fundamentally it's it's a flawed approach. Um, yeah, next question. With, with the emergence of Matt Breida, the bread man, uh, in an already muddled backfield of Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, do you think the Bills' lack of establishing a run game has contributed to these few lit losses as of late? Uh, Bills are middle of the pack in regards to uh, team rush yards and team rush attempts. Uh, they sit like 15th and 16th in the league. Um, or is it the fact they have an athlete in Josh Allen who they can just trust to tote the rock himself? Yeah, I think they got to try harder to fucking run the ball because, like, say play action doesn't work as well. Josh Allen himself isn't even running much as of late. Which is kind of good. Uh, they're passing like crazy when you play in the ring like they did last week and. Josh Allen just firing lasers through guys' hands all game. How many drop balls were there? Yeah, that's true. So I, yeah, you got to like, especially last game. I couldn't believe. I get it. You're down, but like, it was pouring rain, blowing wind. Like, you got to try and run the ball more. We yeah. had a few good stretches too. For sure. If you, if you were picking, who would you want? Who do you think should be the number one running back? <laughs> Yeah, I might say Breed approved last game. He can, you know, he's got the speed. He's always been up and down, so I'd try him out. And then you kind of always had Singletary as a whatever third down pass catcher more than Moss and everything. But I think you got to just choose one guy, whoever it is, go with him, two games, whatever, and give him an actual chance, see what he's got. And then uh, I guess go from there. But yeah, it's not like, one thing, one of the highest passing teams too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, very lopsided. So like that doesn't fall. That falls apart, and then you got nothing, and then you're not scoring any points. Three and out all the time. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's a it's a healthy recipe to rely on Josh rushing that much. Obviously, like he's a big dude, but you don't want your quarterback taking those licks and being your primary no. ball carrier. And he's not Lamar Jackson. He's He's getting smoked out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, oh, yeah. yeah, he's not as agile and no. dodging everything. Yeah. No, and right. I th- I think between the three of those guys, they should find at least somebody that can handle the load consistently for the rest of the year. And then, you know, you look at free agency or draft if you want to upgrade the running back position. But I don't know. I, I Something to, like I kind of have a soft spot for Zach Moss. I think he could be the guy. Uh, kind of like what's happening in Green Bay with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones being out for that bit. Like you can see, Dillon can be the guy. Moss is similar, right? Isn't he a, a bigger style back, more of a bruiser? <laughs> Early I just, down. If he was the guy, I feel like like he's been there what two three years. High draft pick, like Singletary was never nothing too special. So I feel like if he if he was that good, they would have already like gave him more of a chance and everything like that. So. True. I don't know if he's he doesn't appeal as much to the coaches as some of the other people, but yeah, I feel like he he would have gotten a more of a bigger chance or a bigger role if he was that talented or already should have been that guy. So, do you think they should draft one earlier or just hit free agency and kind of hope? Or 
What What do you think the play is then? I don't know. I I don't follow who's like college coming up for draft picks. If there's anybody worthy of a first round pick or whatnot, but never hurts. I guess take a chance. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know. It's kind of got. <clears throat> I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers took a back in the first round last year. <clears throat> it's been a couple a couple of standouts, right? Like Travis Travis Etienne jumped in there too. I don't know. I just feel like. You know, the Browns got Nick Chubb in the early second round, and you can get other guys. Jonathan Taylor was first round, right? Yeah. I guess Derrick Henry. So, yeah, maybe if you want to really shore it up, you go, oh, I'm just, like, spinning myself in circles here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I guess maybe go first round, but I don't know. I don't think it's an absolute necessity. Like, they could probably get lucky if they found somebody on the in the free agency to, to come in there. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd blow it up. I, I think it's more, I, don't, yeah, like, I think it might be more play calling. Option beef up the old line maybe and see if that helps out your backs that you already have yeah true. for sure true Gord uh can help your quarterback too yeah as yeah good point do you want to read uh question number four sure okay um you know what's it right there oh yeah with number oh. four <laughs> well you scrolled with to number, number four <laughs> <laughs> I already had a couple tonight, all right? Um, Nicky boy, gotta say, uh, you've been the backbone of the pod for a while. You know, really helping the boys ghostwriting, getting in here. Um, and from the shirts to the whiskey and the weed. And the wine. And the wine. Uh, and the new mic setup, which we have yet to figure out. Which Matt has yet to figure out. Okay, okay. Um, we have to say we're, we're absolutely pumped to have you on. Uh, a resilient in every sense of the word grinding out these two plus hour epis um i gotta ask what what's your favorite seggy on the pod and and i'm gonna go probably with the fearless because your winning percentage is definitely making a mockery of ours Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really uh, think about it's that. Good. I like it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I never, I never thought of that at all. Yeah, um, I might. I don't know. I, who he got me at is a tough one. It's honestly, it's hard. Actually. Well, because you always pick most of the time. Anyways, you pick guys that are were kind of bigger maybe two years ago or something, and then have gone to two different teams since or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, like, that's oh, a goal. he was on Chicago, but no idea where he is now, and then. So, yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah. Nice, nice. That one's not too bad. It's a bit like as the season's going on, it's getting trickier because you, yeah, you I know, bet, yeah. I'd like I think we both limited it to offensive players only. Yeah, we might have to have a couple D weeks or we might. Have I don't to. know. Gord Gord led off the first week with a goddamn punter, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, you don't know this guy? His name's Tom Jones." Like just like <laughs> the singer. <laughs> yeah, pussycat. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, good. Uh, man, thanks for. I like that. Uh, who got Hebe at? Is, yeah, uh, new Seggy. Yeah. I always. Forget. I also. I've uh, also always enjoyed the uh, United by Unis because it's probably Matt's most passionate uh, segment. So. Thank Big you. Big time. Yeah. Big you time. know what? And I. 
I don't know. Like I've been slacking in the in the United area this year. It's just the pod has become a monster <laughs> to, <laughs> to get prepped. Well, and... Like some of the shit you say on that uh, segment, I'm like, I've never even have guessed. Like you know, they wore this color scheme for the first time since 1953. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't even look at the jerseys. Yeah. Recall anyone's jerseys of any game. So how can you not? How can you not? It's the first thing. Like for instance, this past Monday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosted the New York Giants. Yes. Giants announced they're wearing their throwback giant uniforms. Right, white jersey, white white pants. Crispy. Crispy. Well, Tampa Bay. Why do you then choose to go with your white pants? You know, like <laughs> what what a contrast. You you have the chance to go red pewter red. You know. Red, uh, pewter helmet, red jersey, pewter pants, red socks. What a contrast that would be. But no, you go for the white and it becomes washed out. Like these aesthetic <laughs> choices are really maddening and I can't believe nobody else brings up on it. This is the passion I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of uniforms, Nick, did you see the uh, new uh, Canadian I men's and women's Olympic? I ask you that. Yeah, yeah what do you... I was wh- just going to ask you that. What are your thoughts? Terrible. So bad. What are they doing? Why do you have to change the jersey so much? Like, just leave it as the normal red and white Canadian flag. Yeah, true. I agree. I, you know the the Hockey Canada logo, so Olympics won't allow like corporate logos, and that's considered a corporate oh, yeah. logo. Mm. So they have to go with a blank maple leaf. They can't use the skater going through still, the maple leaf. I, but still, I think they're so bad. I think they're so bad. The black with or the red with the black maple leaf, like terrible. Yeah, they're bad. I, I don't, don't mind the white one. They're interesting. The white ones are the most traditional. I don't know. I'm, they are I, the best of the three, in my opinion, the white. I'd love to see them on the ice before I make my final call. But yeah, I suppose, yeah. First instinct was, ugh, not really a fan. And the more I look at them, I, I don't know. I saw what the United States came out with today, and they are 20 not times a, worse. Yeah. They're not. They're. It's like new age look or whatever. It's like, if anything, your country is like a throwback classic memory you know nostalgic you know 2002 2010 you know like the big years like that yeah so yeah. like why make the jersey like a new age kind of cutting edge look yeah no Not need cool. for the usa to stray from anything uh that like the ones they wore at the when they did the miracle on ice like those those ones were yeah, yeah prime, dope. you know and then the canada ones i always liked the canada ones where it was like kind of a half maple leaf diagonal across like the oh, ones uh, during the during the uh, Russia series mm-hmm. back in the day yeah, that Esposito yeah. was wearing I like those yeah great yeah, yeah. uh well we we only sent you four of the questions for you to prep uh we actually wrote five uh, Ooh, so <laughs> we're gonna wrap this one up uh with one last one for you big dick daddy you're a man of many talents and skills and you seem blessed in many different ways Beautiful family with a young daughter, handyman extraordinaire, pod ghostwriter, up-and-coming disc golf player, can sauce a pass tape-to-tape with ease, you carry around a huge horn, and the list goes on and on. Do you have any other secret talents or skills that we might not know about that you'd like to share with the resilience? I, I guess the better than the rest of the world one would be swimming i grew up swimming so <laughs> i've always uh whenever we got public swimming or fucking around in the pool i'm always like 
no, you can never drown me in here. <laughs> we, were doing, we were doing that bike trip. We would always stop in the pools, like four guys on one try and drown me, but not even close. <laughs> well, it's a good survival skill, but you yeah. can't be drowned. That's yeah, good. not a lot. You know, everybody can swim, but when you're good at swimming, you're far better than the average person. Yeah. <laughs> you can do the egg beater for over 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh uh, man well great having you on big well Dick. he's humble too because he can outdrive many people with just his three wood doesn't use the driver out on the course really yeah too cheap <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh Nothing man nice. well great having you on my man yeah thanks again boys always appreciate it yeah, no problem. For sure. Did we no outro song? I don't think no but... outro song coming up. No, just... not sorry. No, no. But uh, yeah, just uh, like yeah, just want to say we appreciate all the support, all the love, um, and we're happy that for some reason you like this podcast yeah. the most. <laughs> hey, it's, it's a highlight of my week or every second week, depending when it comes out. But, yeah. Yeah, a little inconsistent. Yeah, no, a little inconsistent. Like At what? Entertaining. I laugh the most when I listen to this one. So. Enjoy it. What uh, what segment or like what minute mark do your eyes start to gloss over and you just we become background noise? Uh, it depends what I'm doing, I guess. Yeah, that's I'm, cool, uh, I'm working Friday, comes on Friday morning, I just put it on the desk while I'm doing stuff at work, but other times it takes me two, three days working the dog or whatever, listen to it. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. It it switches up so I it never gets old. You know, <laughs> doing the dishes, making dinner, stuff like that. Yeah, just it, regular old stuff, eh? I hope with yeah. headphones on. <laughs> oh, man, nice. Uh, All right, Big Dick, well. Uh, have a good night, boys. Okay, yeah. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Calling in, bud. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. special one in our hearts oh yeah near and dear near and dear and um you know it's a guy who's taking a little bit of a turn for the non-fantasy world (laughs) and that's our buddy Stu. but he's been there before but he's been there before (laughs) all right and i i want Stu to bounce back because we want him to stick around yeah um busy guy i understand you know he's got a beautiful child a beautiful wife um loves high hockey every week oh yeah um you know so cabin guy skidoo guy big cabin guy truck guy right mm-hmm. um i i think you know i really hope he sticks around um I, i'm really just looking forward to the apology letter though <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah you know what we love you Stu, and uh we want to see you stick around, buddy. We don't need to. We don't want you to go. You ain't getting away from us, that is.
Great movie. Great movie. That was number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Stewie, we ride together, we die together, man. Got, can't go. Same with Nige. Mm-hmm. You know? Don't want any of those guys out. Nige just happened so many weeks ago, people forgot about it. Exactly. <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> lost in the shuffle with the uh, video. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I think at last check, Beyonce has one person she follows on Instagram, and it's Jay. Loyal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, diamonds all on the chain. Okay, baby. United Nation, here we go. Last week's uniform highlights. I know it's been a couple weeks. I only focused on last week. Uh, we got to talk about those beautiful Giants throwbacks. Um, and they're actually wearing them again this upcoming week, it sounds like. Um, love them. Yeah, they're, they're nice jerseys. I like the word mark on the helmet, man. Mm-hmm. I think that should be the new helmet. Yeah, like, I, I think I'd, so I'd prefer too. it over the NY. Uh, Andy did make a comment that it looked very much like Buffalo. True, but I don't know. I feel like they could kind of do like a modern twist with everything mm-hmm. on that and, and be okay. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in uh, our interview with uh, BDD um, about the Bucks going with their red jersey and their white britches. <laughs> and uh, according to our friends at Gridiron Uniform Database, uh, the last time Tampa wore red jerseys and white pants prior to last night, preseason notwithstanding, uh, was all the way back in 2011 for a Week 10 game. Really? Yeah, against the Texans. Uh, I mean, I don't mind the white bombs, like I said, but the pewter, the pewter reminds me of like those Tampa Bay winning days when uh, Chucky was down there, Derek mm-hmm. Brooks, John Lynch. Um, interestingly, uh, this last week, Aaron Jones, uh, showed up to the Packers game. I guess he likes to wear sombreros to the Packers game, uh, but that wasn't really the, the uniform item I was talking about. He showed up wearing a Saskatchewan Rough Riders jersey what? Uh, that belongs to his twin brother, Alvin, who recently signed with the CFL team. Oh, nice. Number 39 in the green. <laughs> And then uh, this week's uniform highlights include the Bills going all blue tomorrow on Thanksgiving against the Saints, who will be uh, wearing their all-white with gold number matchups. I think this one's going to be nice on the Mm -hmm. eyes for sure. Uh, The Bengals are going with their orange jersey, black pants, uh, one of their best combinations of the new set. The Browns are wearing their 1946 throwbacks for the second time this Sunday night against the Baltimore Ratbirds, who are going all black. It'll be a nice contrast. I'm wearing my Baker 1946 throwback right now. Oh, yeah. Looks good. And then the Baltimore oh, Baltimore Colts. <laughs> Not anymore. They moved to Indianapolis. The Indianapolis Colts. A couple are, years ago. Yeah, a few, yeah recently. Uh, they'll be wearing their throwbacks for the first time this season. Not a major change. Uh, the biggest features will be the horseshoe logos are actually on the back of the helmet, one on each side. Um, along with additional stripes on the socks and the sleeves, uh, but the jerseys themselves, traditional blue jersey and white, uh, white pantaloons. Hmm. And then, uh, just, you might've noticed OBJ is wearing the number three for the LA Rams. Um, 
there's a bit of a cons uh, bit of a convoluted story here. Uh, so currently, uh, John Wolford, backup quarterback, is wearing his old number thirteen, and Wolford had already changed from number nine, which Matt Stafford took to thirteen earlier in the year. Um, so apparently, Adam Schefter mentioned that Odell's jersey number was one of the only holdups before he signed with the Rams, <laughs> um, because he discussed wearing numbers one, three, and thirteen. Uh, but there were issues with each, apparently. Number one, recently worn by Deshaun Jackson, isn't currently occupied. But Cam Akers plans to switch from number 23 to number three next year. And Beckham and the Rams uh, would like their relationship to go beyond this year. Um, so Wolford's wearing 13. Beckham agreed to wear number three only for this season before switching to number 13 if he resigns, resigns with the Rams in 2022. And with all of this going down, Cam Akers went to Twitter at the real underscore Cam three, and wrote temporary hold skull emoji number three. <laughs> <laughs> so it's clear that he's taking his number no matter what. And um, Odell will be lucky if he gets thirteen when hmm. it all comes down to numbers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. Oh, Dion. Baby. Dion. <laughs> Number 13. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving along. Moving along, baby. Um We hit our we hit our girl, hey? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. A staple. Our girl, M-I-A. What's her real name? I don't know. That's don't a good know. question. What is her real name? It's like Madonna. <laughs> Madonna. The M-I-A this week is a tough one. And this pod was boys-centric, like I told Maddie. <laughs> and the, the missing person this year has been Johnny Smiller in fantasy. It's true. Because he's in tough. He's in dead last. In both leagues that I know that he's in. <laughs> um, he could have a little, you know, a secret family <laughs> fantasy league that yeah. we're not aware of. Yeah. Um, he's taking on Lisa and Will. But, I mean, he's sitting in, he's sitting at 1 in 10 in the Triple F uh, and 2 and 9 in the 40. This is a guy who won the 40 only two short years ago. And the Triple Two short triple. years ago. Two short years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a tough turn for the kid. Um, you know, he needs to take some of the tips out of his day, uh, you know, his day job, day trading. Um, you know, the moon rises left to the horizon, so it's to be expected the geese fly south. His, his crazy weird shit, man. You got to ask Stu about it. Talking about buffaloes. It's crazy. And it's all day trade talk. Interesting. Yeah, get into it. <laughs> I don't know about it. I don't know no, about it. But no. we're missing Johnny. And you know what? He used to be a competitor. And it's a couple tough years for the kid. Yeah. And that's, you know what? It's got to be tough, even tougher saying it as his D partner. Yeah. You know, there's a different bond when you're doing that. But honestly, Johnny, what happened? 
But you know what? My old man does have a saying, and he said, you know, Gord, you see the same guys on the way up the ladder yeah. as you do on the way down. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. We're reveling in it, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and it's so true. Honestly, a couple weeks ago, I was laughing in the triple. Now, toiling. Yeah. Plummeted three hard losses in a row. That's the way she goes. You know, we talk about Nick. You know, there's so many guys that contribute to oh, the yeah, pod. Lots, but, uh, 305, Nick. There's lots of the boys. Exactly. And Feldy's one of them. Uh, ride or die, for sure. And he came through this week with a hell of a feel-good. And for this feel-good, we're going to visit um, a high school football team in New Jersey and a player named Alex Brown. So high school quarterback uh, went viral this weekend after he scored eight touchdowns. Just one day after his mother uh, unfortunately passed away from breast cancer. Uh, Alex Brown's a senior at Red Bank Catholic High School in New Jersey. Um, and on Twitter, he announced that his mother had passed away. He wrote, Today I lost my best friend, my teacher, and my mother. Uh, my mom had been battling breast cancer that had spread through her throughout her body for 14 years. She was never supposed to make it this long, but through love and her insane strength, she fought. I love you, Mama. Rest in peace. In Friday's game against Morris Catholic High School, he led his team to a 58-34 victory, accounted for eight total touchdowns, including two as a runner. When I scored that first touchdown, I knew right away she was always going to be watching over me. I looked to the sky and said, thank you, Mama. I ran to my coaches and my friends and looked at, at the crowd, filled, uh, looked at the crowd, and it filled my whole family screaming my name. For those curious as to the, to the decision of a son... Uh, to play so soon after losing his mom, uh, Brown cited what his mom said. She sa He said, she wanted me to do what I love, and that's play football. Uh, in his first game, Michelle, his mom hadn't uh, physically been able to be there to see him play, either on, in person or in television. Uh, there were some 50 f uh, different family members on hand in her place, including his father and his brother, Marcus. Um at their own 48-yard line, uh, Brown actually avoided an oncoming pass rusher and found sophomore receiver Emmanuel Ross alone at the Morris 40. He weaved his way past defenders, and he scored uh, a touchdown crossing the goal line, and when he did, he raised his arm in the air, uh, and on his wristband, he had written, For Mama Brown. Uh, nearly every member of the Red Bank Catholic High School did the same, either on their cleats, their wrists, um, somewhere to mark... Uh, to pay homage. Um, the eight total scores match his jersey number. One he said he always wore for his mom. Uh, she said, uh, he said, my mom always loved that number. She was very spiritual and the number eight meant infinity that our love would last forever. And actually after he scored his eighth one, he held up four fingers on each hand and pointed up to the sky. Uh, and he was quoted as saying, I still know her as an energetic, fun, loving, and beautiful mom when she still had the energy. So, mm -hmm. interestingly enough, uh, Brown is committed to Bucknell University in the class of 2022, uh, but additional scholarship options continue to come in for the six foot three, two hundred pound senior. Uh, his social, his media, his story ended up garnering a lot of steam on social media to the point where uh, Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback Tom Brady even commented and read uh, and wrote, "I'm proud of you," uh, to him. 
which is pretty. Yeah, that's good. Pretty powerful stuff. Um, so thanks, Feldy. That was yeah, it. that was a good one. Yeah, good one. Uh, I do have Marty's feel good this week, and for that one, we're gonna we're gonna explore the life of uh, defensive lineman for the Washington football team, uh, Jonathan Allen, who has quite the story. Thinking all the time about what happened to me as a kid, but it's always there. John Allen's got him in his grip, and he's able to force it incompletion. My parents split up when I was three. Pop was in the army. They were sending him to South Korea. No dependents were authorized to go. My mom got custody of me and my brother Richard. She took us down south. She was struggling with some demons in her life. But I truly believe in my heart that she loved us and she was doing the best she could. One minute you think everything's fine, the next minute, you know, there's a knock at the door and Child Protective Services is saying they're here to take you. We have five minutes to get whatever you have that can fit in the backpack and you gotta go. The judge ruled that me and my brother couldn't return to our moms. That was it. Me and Richard ended up in the system moving from shelter to shelter, foster home to foster home. It's not like I sit around, but I had my brother and I leaned on him hard. He was strong enough for the both of us. He was my protector, my protector. He was all I had, he was all I had. To the day they split us up, forcing him to go live in a foster home and for me to stay behind, alone. That was by far the hardest darkest, loneliest place I've ever been in my life. Once you're in the system, it's impossible to get out. But the system didn't know my dad. His courage, his conviction. They didn't know Sergeant First Class Richard Allen Jr., U.S. Army. When someone serves in the military, we call them a hero. For all the reasons you know. Sacrifice, service, valor, valor. But to an eight-year-old kid, he was a hero for one simple reason. He fought for me. Long custody battle over multiple states. Determination to get us back. But I had my brother. It took a year in court, but eventually house won. He got his sons back. We were a family. The moment that hit me, that was the single greatest moment of my life. That was everything. I just remember me and my brother running full speed and just jumping into his arms. We were all back together, and we could start the new chapter in our life. But my dad taught me the same discipline and accountability that he learned all those years in the military. Hard work, dedication. I did more push-ups than you could possibly imagine. School was a priority, too. If I didn't get straight A's, I couldn't participate in football. Those were his standards, his values. And they became mine as well. So, anyway. Yeah, good for him. Pretty crazy story uh, for him. Resilience, for sure. Alrighty. <laughs> do you have a delightful dicky? Uh, I don't really have a delightful dicky, but I do have a one... I, I forgot one little stat and passed it around. Sure. It's kind of a delightful dicky. Sure. Last Monday night, Giants vs. Tampa. Yeah. Is the first game in NFL history where a 300-pound-plus man has caught a touchdown and a different 300-pound-plus man has got an interception as well. <laughs> and Andrew Thomas caught that tutty on the trick play. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
you know, it's, yeah, it's good to see the big men living out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And who was it for the uh, Fuck, I can't remember Tampa Bay? Right Steve McClendon. Yes. Yeah. McClendon. First interception in 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> Danny threw it right to him. Right to him. <laughs> right in the bread basket. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a, that's a heck of a stat. Okay. Well, it's time for everybody's favorite game show. Who got he be playing for? <laughs> he be play for who? <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. You want to go first or what? Sure. Uh, I'm going with uh, backup backup quarterback edition. Now second or third string. Most of these guys are second. We'll start with a guy who's been around for a little bit out of the University of Southern California, Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley. Chargers? Carolina Panthers. That was quick. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll refer earlier, I, I did do the Chargers backup quarterback, Chase Daniel, <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, tough one. Um, okay, this one, you should be able to get. D.D. Westbrook. Oh, fucker. That, I think you did this one with me already. Uh, he plays for the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. Yes, that's okay, right. So I don't know if I... I might have redone two this week, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, Sean Mannion. Backup quarterback. Second string. <sighs> Sean, Sean Mannion. Mannion. Cincinnati. No, those same Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, Wendell Smallwood. Ooh, is he still? Is he still a Philadelphia Eagle? No, he's uh, a Washington football team. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wendell. Yeah. Wendell. <laughs> oh, baby. Damn. I thought he was long gone out of the league. Nope. Okay, and last backup quarterback, Chad Henney. Chad Henney. Uh, Jacksonville. He is the backup in Kansas City, uh, and he <laughs> led the Chiefs to victory over the Browns in the uh, divisional game after oh, we beat the that's Steelers. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um. Okay. This is the one I thought I had done already. Anthony Miller. Uh yeah, you have, and I think. Uh, no, you fucking. <laughs> Yes, this was like last week, and I'm mad because I don't remember who it is. God damn it. Okay, so he went to Chicago. They released him. He went to Houston. They released him. Mm -hmm. That's where I got fucked up last week, but I can't remember where he went. Um, Anthony Miller plays. Oh, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Division rival, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh, really? Damn, bouncing. Bouncing. Bounce back, boy. Okay. Well, let's jump into Dank Stats. There's some good ones uh, this week. Eagles cornerback Darius Slay has now scored three touchdowns this year, more than Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Allen Robinson, and Jarvis Landry. The Carolina Panthers are currently paying Cam Newton's replacement. Cam Newton's replacement's replacement. And for Cam Newton to replace his replacement's replacement. <laughs> so they're paying 
Teddy Bridgewater, Darnold, and Cam Newton. Oh, <laughs> uh, your boy Saquon, since 2020, has 79 rushes for 254 yards and two touchdowns. My boy Baker Mayfield, since 2020, has 79 rushes, 254 yards, and two touchdowns. Damn. Tough one. Uh, now, for the Browns, this is tough. In 10 games, the Browns have led going into the fourth quarter eight times. But they have been outscored by 34 points in the fourth quarter this season. Ooh. They have a total of seven fourth quarter points over their last five games. Oh. Seven. Brutal. Ouch. The New York Jets have allowed 199 points over their last five games. The 2000 Ravens allowed 165 points in 16 games. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Pat Mahomes now has three career games of 400-plus pass yards and five-plus five pass touchdowns. Since Mahomes was drafted in 2017, the rest of the NFL's quarterbacks have a combined four games like this. One by Brady, one by Rodgers, one by Deshaun Watson, and one by Jared Goff. Austin Eckler had four touchdowns last week for the Chargers after Jonathan Taylor had five for the Colts earlier in the day. It's the seventh time since 1950 that multiple players scored four-plus touchdowns on the same day. The last time it happened was 2007 when Randy Moss and Terrell Owens did it. Eckler is the first player with multiple rushing touchdowns and multiple receiving touchdowns in a single game since MJD, Maurice Jones-Drew, did it week 14, 2011 against the Bucks. The Cardinals are now 6-0 and on the road with all of those wins coming by double digits. Crazy. Remember that for the betting, for the gambling ring. Yeah, that's true. There's four. They're they're the fourth team in NFL history to win six straight on the road by double digits within a season, and the third team to do that in their first six road games. That's courtesy of our buddies at Elias Sports Bureau. <laughs> the Cowboys' Micah Parsons. He's the first player with sixty tackles, eight sacks in his team's first ten games since Terrell Suggs. T Sizzle did it in 2013. T Sizzle, Balso Hard University. He's also the first player with 60 tackles and 8 sacks in their first 10 career games since 2000. In his first game in Carolina in over 800 days, Cam Newton became the first player in NFL history to have a passing touchdown against his former head coach, who he won MVP and Rookie of the Year under, Ron Rivera. As I mentioned before, Mac Jones is now 5-0 on the road this year. He joins Dak Prescott and Ben Roethlisberger as the only rookies in NFL history to win each of their first five career road starts. Crazy. And these quick facts came in from our buddy uh, Reliable Andy, and some of these are pretty astounding. Tom Brady has more career passing yards than the Houston Texans, the entire franchise. <laughs> the Jets have never beat the Eagles, ever. 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 Jameis Winston's final pass attempt of the season in each of his last six seasons resulted in a touchdown. <laughs> Either good or bad touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> the Steelers have won 19 straight Monday Night Football games at home. Hmm. Antonio Brown has the most receiving touchdowns of any player in the NFL since 2014, and he's missed 30 games since 2014. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> And between 2004 and 2005, the Detroit Lions have won 14 straight coin tosses to start a game. <laughs> Did, this is fucked. Major League Baseball Hall of Fame pitcher Randy Johnson became an NFL sideline photographer when he retired. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and Eric Ebron's career rushing stats. Five rushes, minus six yards, 
three touchdowns. No way. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. And uh, the Marty's Milestone. It's the fucking BFB. Oh, We are baby. 50 episodes in, four seasons and counting. And, you know, like, it's still figuring it out as we go. But, yeah. it, goddamn, 50, 50 of anything is hard to do. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know? it's crazy. So, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I, I'm so proud of us, Gord. <laughs> Oops, this one. We used her in our second app. Yes, we did. We did open with Shania. <laughs> Man, I feel like a woman. Da, da. Man, that was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, the, oh, the 50 is a milestone, buddy. It's wild. Okay, and then this one hitter stat of the week, we're going to go to, we're going to sprinkle in a little bit of gambling and golf. <laughs> this story is crazy. It's nuts. I Okay, I'm just going to let it go. Rory McIlroy's dad took the odds of him winning the Open Championship within 10 years when he was 15. At the time, given that McIlroy was only 15, the odds were plus 50,000. And senior McIlroy said absolutely. He put down the equivalent of $557 in British pounds. Cut to 10 years later and McIlroy would win the British Open by two strokes in 2014. Netting his father $342,000. Did you know <laughs> Is that not illegal? I don't know. Make him pop him proud. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if you bet like in another country. Like if he bet in the States, went to Vegas to do it. Yeah, that's true. You know? Hmm. Pretty fucking wild. That's some money right there. That's fucking money. And here we are squabbling over 40, (laughs) 50 bucks. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, this one took a little bit of digging, but... I got her. Everybody got a dream. Everybody has a dream, but not everybody got a grind. You are where you are because of how you think. And if you would have changed your thinking, you would change your world. Where you find these fucking songs is beyond me, man. <laughs> like. Oh, that one's man. called I Grind. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This week's Grinder's a little off the cuff. Not off the cuff um, in the sense, but typically I don't pick a tight end. <laughs> and uh, this week, you know what? I thought I would give it to our boy Darren Waller because he had a heck of a week, 116 yards, no tutty. 
Um, there's a few receivers who had, you know, 120 yards, and I thought I'd give it to our boy. Why not? A guy who's been, you know, for fantasy owners, not doing all that great this year. No. Um, but, you know what, maybe the grinder gives him a little bit of extra. A little hey? bit of boost, yeah. A we little bit of boost. Clickbait Clark writing in about him earlier this season. I think he's going to turn it. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I think so. Um, it's, you know, he's, he's got to get the hard hat on. He's got to mm-hmm. get going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big time. Get those new steel toes on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The iron worker boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right. Well, grinding on the weekend and during the weekday. Too. <laughs> Sunday, he's grinding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, we alluded to it a bit in our uh, interview with uh, Nick. About the fearless, and yeah, things are going great for him, but not great for us. Not great for us. So, old Nick, last week he predicted Stephon Diggs nine catches, 134 yards, and two touchdowns. Turned up with eight receptions, 162 yards, and one tutty. And I don't know. I think you almost got to give it to him for absolutely, that one. yeah. yeah. 162-yard receiver, sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, goddamn. Yeah, so um, that was his fearless, and his tank was Cousins, 167 with only one pass study. He actually had 294 and two pass studies, one fumble lost, but that's not a win. No. So he's sitting at 5-8 and eight right now. Yes, five wins, three misses. Eight total. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, things didn't go so well for us. No. Oh, no. Bad. Uh, the week, last week, I predicted Jalen Waddle would have 92 yards, one tutty versus Baltimore. He did not. He had four receptions, 61 yards. That's a loss. James Robinson versus Indy. I said 116 yards, one tutty, 43 receiving yards. He had 57 rush yards, one tutty, and 27 receiving yards. Also a loss. <laughs> I sit at 3 and 10. Oh, well, I guess I'm a loser. A loser. Too far. God. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for the advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, Gord, you're not alone. Because old Marty over here had a tough week, too. I went with quarterback... Jimmy Garoppolo against the Los Angeles Rams. I thought he would be held to under 185 yards. Oh, do you want to make your predictions uh, first? Uh, sure. For next week? Next week. Sure. Let's do that. In tough, but I'm taking a couple long shots, eh? <laughs> Good odds. You know? I, I just open up the score app, I look at a matchup, and I pick a player. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So, quarterback, we got Tarod Taylor versus the New York Jets. Tarod. Uh, 278 pass yards, three touchdowns, and 29 rush yards. Okay. Tight end, Dan Arnold. I don't know if he's, you know, Cowboy 2 like Dawson Knowles, yeah. but I picture he would be. Uh, Dan Arnold versus Atlanta. I think I'm going 78 yards and one tutty. He's their primary pass catcher. I don't think if my name was Daniel, I would go by Dan. No? No, I think I'd go full Daniel. Or Danny. <laughs> Dan, yeah. I, I like. I think of the word Dan, and I think of the dad and Roseanne. Just Dan, <laughs> oh, yeah, Dan. John Goodman. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know what I'd go with. Probably, yeah, Danny's not bad. Danny's not bad. Yeah, but anytime you add a little e at the end, you know, Gordy, Marty, yeah. Maddie, <laughs> yeah, Scotty, exactly. yeah, you gotta Kalani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, well, as I alluded to, yeah, last week was tough. I picked Jimmy Garoppolo against the Rams. Thought he'd be held to under 185 passing yards, one score and one pick. Well, he threw for three yards less than I thought at 182, but he had two touchdowns, no picks. So because that's two or three missed, uh, I, I will take the L. The water pressure is dropping and the water is tepid. At best, this bathtub is faulty and best to be avoided. Uh, tight end, Travis Kelsey against the Las Vegas Raiders. What am I doing? I thought Kelsey would catch five balls for under 52 <laughs> yards, no scores. Kelsey had a monster game, of course. Caught eight balls, 119 yards, no scores. Uh, but, you know what, whatever. It's time to bring the toaster with me next time I hit the tub. This is an abomination, an embarrassment, and a downright sad. I thought challenging BDD would be a good idea to prove our point about how hard this segment is. But the opposite has happened, that bastard. Um, this week, though, we're on the up. Yeah, on the up. At wide back. receiver, I've got Deonta Johnson versus mm. the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I sign... I, sort of kind of hate this player to be honest uh he missed the last matchup against the Bengals, uh and he's coming off a big 100 yard plus performance oh i thought i was gonna sneeze there never <laughs> came <laughs> shit uh anyways i think he's gonna be held to under 50 yards no catches and he's gonna fumble this week that'll hmm. work out for me i'm sure <laughs> at running back i've got david montgomery against the detroit lions <laughs> Is this a bit of a hopeful picture? Did I pass up a trade for this player? Yes. Do I hope he plays poorly so I don't regret it? Of course. If he goes off, will I be borrowing Gord's Don't Kill My Kill Yourself book? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking 60 yards rushing, no scores, and under 20 yards receiving. Let's go Detroit Lions D. Oh my god, what have I done? I'm just shooting myself in my own foot, but whatever. Oh no. <laughs> No, this is an ad-free zone. You pay for you pay for ad time on the BFB. Can I just say that of all the idiots in all the idiot villages in all the idiot worlds, you stand alone, my friend. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's always tough out there on the cast. I gotta say, it is. Yeah, for sure. Well, should we? What do we rip through the leagues here? Yeah, we decided for go buds and duds. We might be axing that completely from the show. Yeah, it's unnecessary. I think. I think so. Let us know. I think it just has time. And I mean, we already know who did good. Yeah, exactly. No need to talk about who sucked and who wasn't. Uh, I I don't know. Yeah, feels a bit redundant. So yeah, let's jump into the leagues. Um, you want to handle the forty or? Yeah, we I? can rip through the forty sure. here. Um, you know, it was a tough one. Uh, Kitten Boy did take down Valley View Vices, though, 134 to 133. Tight. Yes. Second week in a row. Tight matchup. Yeah, I don't know if we touched on it very much last week, but Kellen legit got... The Rams were losing 31-7, to or 30-7, to and McVeigh sent out his kicker to kick a field goal with, like, three minutes left. That kick... One. Helped Kellen beat John that week, and no one mentioned anything about it. <laughs> So he squeaked that one, and now he's got this one. I know, that one's a tight one. Tight, tight, tight one. Uh, Doctor's Orders beat the Croissant Connoisseurs, 139-121. Both had good weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Degenerates lost to the Coronas, 149-103. Coronas are on a streak. Uh, The Bonaires beat the Felons, 146. 
<laughs> to 118. Yeah. Uh, I just my team just dropped 146 points. Yeah. I can't stand it. I'm out. <laughs> um, the Blazers took down Butchers on the Bay 102 to 96. Another tight one. Yeah, I was worried at the end. Nigel had uh, Ryan suck up on the oh. Monday nighter, and he was just getting field goal here, extra <laughs> point there. Fuck, it was worrying me. Um, <clears throat> I lost to the Butt Pirates, one forty six to one hundred seven. Didn't stand a chance. Ah, tough week. Now you know I'm in seventh. Butt Pirates in first. Yeah. Well, we talked. We talked about how loaded the divisions are yeah. in the league. Um, yeah, a couple streaks going on. I mean, the 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 Coronas have got seven in a row, which is highly impressive. Uh, but we should mention that uh, Feldy and his uh, band of leprechauns have put together four. Yeah, so that's good. They're they're doing well. They're rocketing up the country club. They're getting those uh, exclusive seats. Yeah, at, John in the dining room. Two game losing streak, still in third. Yeah, big time. Well, uh, longest winning streak does belong to the Coronas. He started the season one and three, and now he's sitting with a record at the top of the table at eight and three. Uh, they've been putting up numbers on the back, essentially, of Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, they are rolling, uh, rolling into these uh, ever so important divisional games uh, with the kind of right juju, right mojo going on <laughs> yeah. with the team. It looks like Andy's back. Think I got my swagger back. (laughs) (laughs) Now, longest losing streak. Oh, no, Nige. Four straight losses. Didn't crack 100 points in any of those losses. Um, While rumors swirl of Stewart's intentions when it comes to next year in the 40, we can't forget that Nigel has made it known that he may also want to pull shoot when it comes to the league. This four-game losing streak does not help. So hopefully a a strong run in the divisional games will help him sway back into the favors of fantasy and into our ever-loving arms. Moves, Johnny made 58 so far. Second is surprisingly me (laughs) with 35 and Feldman with 34. How many do I got? Not even in the top of the list. Not even in the the top three, you know. You're sitting at... um, I can't tell you because I'm not on the computer. Mm. That's wrong. Yeah, so you're not in the top three, you know, which is rare. Usually you're one or two. Locking it down. Locking it down. Not working, though. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, in the uh, Triple F, uh, we alluded to it before. It's pretty fucking impressive. No matter how much you slice it, dice it, Gord is on a 10-game winning streak. Crazy. Uh, Yeah. It's the (laughs) longest streak we've seen in ever i think i've ever seen in fantasy um you know last week took on who did you take on last week you um, took on the oh johnny's team beat him 107 79 yeah which is a greasy win yeah man. greasy wins win, a win though wins a win what first place beats 12th yeah <laughs> um i got absolutely fucked in my matchup <laughs> 168 to 81 yeah it's a clark one. and his and his soldiers soldier fields beat me handily they move into fifth i dropped down to sixth on a bit of a skid there uh not so good for the tokes oh. um the Trouser Snakes lost to Kessel's team, 159-134, to 134, uh, in a high-scoring affair. Uh, Kessel's, team's currently sits, Kessel's football team currently sits in fourth, and the Trouser Snakes are in ninth. 
The auto draft specials pulled out a nice victory over John and who do you think you are? I am 127 to 97. The draft specials are creeping into that last playoff spot. They're sitting in seventh, making a little bit of a run. I I agree. And John sits in third, leading his division, I believe, Mm -hmm. currently. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Better than Jets. Wow. You know, accumulated draft picks last year and it's showing. He's sitting in second. Uh, Took over my division. He's sitting in first in my div. 108 uh, to 101, he beat the Idle Wild Laps, who sit in 10th place who need to make a run here. And then the matchup of the week, the bottom feeders, Bakes. Bakes. Putting up 209 points <laughs> in a half PPR league, 209.88 to be exact. Handily destroyed the new Denver Broncos, who are in 11th place. They put up 74. Absolute shit-kicking. Um, now, also record-setting, it was the... Largest all-time single week uh, scoring record in the Triple in F, as well as the largest margin of victory in the Triple F ever recorded, uh, with the number being 135. Can't the take dif- that from him. The difference. No, can't His take it. on the wall. Me. 209 points in a matchup, 135 more than your opponent. Wow. Just a uh, hell of a showing by Bakes and his squad, of course. He had Jonathan Taylor leading the way. 55 points. 55 points. He had 31 from Devonta Adams, 29 from Jalen Hurts. Darnell Mooney gave him 24. Rogers 36. <laughs> Ballin. And 11 from the New Orleans D. That slacker Miles Sanders only gave him 7. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what's happening in the Triple F. Longest winning streak, of course, belongs to Gord. Uh, longest losing streak, Johnny Uzoma. Dropped seven straight after selling the farm in week two of the season. Cut bait early, cut bait early, and suffered through a woeful fantasy year as a result. Hopefully, he turns that draft capital into gold next year uh, to make it all worthwhile. Because if not, oh boy, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> and of course, Johnny leads the Triple F with thirty-seven moves. And those were the leagues for this past week. Well. That 50 comes to a close. Comes to a close. You know, we have, yeah, maybe before we say goodbye, we should just say one more time, uh, I guess how grateful we are. Yeah. That you guys tune in, you know, support us, help us out. Like the, I was saying to Gord, like the difference it makes getting questions each week and kind of helping us run, like guide where the direction of this goes is huge. Not only work-wise, but it just, I think it, I don't know, it's reinforcing knowing that people are listening and helping us out. Getting a few cues in. Yeah, exactly. So, much appreciated. Thanks for the gifts, the cake, uh, you know, the Ramosa, the Famosa. (laughs) It's all good, baby. Oh, man. Okay, nice, boys. Well... We'll uh, we'll see you on Ep Fifty One. Oh, I meant to ask you before we go. Did you? Are you going to Seattle next weekend? No, I'm not. You not going, hey? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll so, be there. Nice. Well, so have a po- good time. Possibly another Wednesday app or none at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll see, baby. Yeah, yeah. leaving early Friday morning. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you soon, boys. Ep Fifty One. See you then. Big, big.
I'm strapped, I'm armed, kid, hold your head I'm known for gap popping when I got problems I don't run, I just gun you all up But we ain't come here to start no drama We just looking for our future baby mamas With money, with face, with style and body I cook, I clean, I swear that mommy Just as long as you don't go off and tell nobody I go down low, I'm lying, I'm trying my best to let you know Sugar pop, get at P, the doctor, make it easy to get him in the bed sheets. No, I got what it takes to make the club go out of control. Good plan, turn the music up a little bit. Bounce with me now, shout it, let's get in the room. No, I got what it takes to make the club go out of control. Good plan, turn the music up a little bit. Bounce with me now, homie, let's get in the room. 